Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Wahdahu la sharika lahu. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi wali al-kareem. Wa sallallahu ala anbiya ajma'een. Wal masih. Wal mahsi. Wal mujadda. Laman mursaleen. Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part? And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes? All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles. And on the Messiah, the Anointed One. And on the Mahdi, the God. And on the Mujadda, the Reform. Which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, Aaron. Seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. It is prophesied in a previous quote, Genesis, the 400-year bondage of the Amherst will expire in the year 2008, but only if we are successful in our mission of raising the 144,000. Since this is prophesied, it is not certain that the prophecy will be fulfilled because it says here, but only if we are successful in our mission. I, I thought that um, if a prophecy, since it's prophesied that it should be no doubt that the prophecy should be fulfilled. You know what I noticed about that statement? Everybody asks about the end, but they don't ask about the beginning. It was also mentioned in our books that it was prophesied that the world would end in 1970 and that the four winds were going to fold, but that there was an intercession from the, from the uh, seraphim to hold back the four angels of the four winds until y'all are sealed in your head. That's also in the book of Revelation. Nobody seems to ask about how prophecy was altered on y'all's behalf, <laughs> you see? But y'all always ask on how, how will it not be altered to y'all's disadvantage. You follow what I'm saying? And what they got to realize is that in the Holy Quran, in the 110th surah of the Quran, it came as Bismillahi ar-Rahmani ar-Rahim. The first word, Iva, Alif, the Alif means if as well as when. Most translators say when the help comes. But either in front of a past tense, ja can be if or when. 
If the aid is of Allah come, that means if you raise the Nasrullah, the 144,000, if you raise them, what will happen? But before they tell you what would happen, they tell you what to look for. When, when or if the aid and the victorious opening happens when Ansar Allah comes, and you see people entering into Deen Allah in groups, like y'all are now beginning to take Shahada in groups in this latter day, then it says what? So then it is time for you to glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by showing hamda, gratitude. Start worshiping five times a day, in other words, to show your gratitude, right? And you must ask Allah to forgive you for your idolatry and your fornications and abominations and seek his forgiveness. Because he's the only one that has the power to forgive you when you turn to him for repentance. This is what that section is about. This was the last revelation that came to Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The last thing the Quran is the last revelation in itself as a whole surah. It came to him. And it was speaking about this latter day when this would happen. When and or if you do that. Now, here's the reality of it though. The Nasrullahi has come. And Sallallahu mission is here. And the victorious seal has been opened and truth like Daniel spoke about in Daniel's eyes, something was sealed away, has been revealed to y'all people. Y'all know almost everything y'all need to know. Y'all got so many facts. But the next statement is, Next is, are y'all entering into? The word dakhala means to enter inside something. To go inside. Dakhala. Idkhul. If you was knocking at my door, and I said, Min bil who's at the door? And you said, this is Ali. I said, Idhul, come into my house. You understand? The same word, Del Lam, Dakhala, to enter in. But when the Quran makes this statement, All of a sudden, y'all don't understand that part. <laughs> you see, y'all I don't understand this coming in part. Ansar Allah community is here. We are proving that now that the truth has come, that all things are perishing. Because all the other Sunni Muslim organizations and all the other groups and are fading away. And the only thing that still stands here from the 60s is us. Only ones that are still putting out new messages, new pamphlets, and new truths, and new facts is us. Jimmy Swag and all these people have fallen to the wayside. All the stuff you believe in, the Jehovah's Witness, everybody's fallen. We're still the ones standing here telling you all the truth. Correct? True or false? This is, this is a fact. Now we are here. Are you as Nas? The word Nas means people. It says, and when you see this, what are Ata and Nas, and you see the people, what will they be doing? They will be coming in. Joining in. Didn't say Deen al-Islam. It said Deen al-Lahi. It didn't say join any school of thought or any group of people or visit the mosque just on Friday. It means you're going to be preoccupied Full time. This is Deen Allah. This is not Deen Islam. Deen Islam you can do as a Sunni, as a as a Shia, as an Ahmadiyya, as a Wahhabi, as an Ikhwani, as a Bilalian. 
But when you enter, you have the khulul of Bidin Allahi, this is something you have made it your business. You're going to drop your nets and become fishes of men. But you're going to cut off all things pertaining to the world, this physical world, and start aspiring for the world to come. If you're going to take off the garb of unrighteousness and cloak yourself in the garb of righteousness and purity and be out propagating in the name of your creator and asking to forgive us for our stupidity or the things in the times when you worship Jesus and thought he was God or you listened to some Maharaji and followed some yogi fanatic guy or you went and read some esoteric book and started studying Kabbalians and Kabbalists and a whole bunch of stuff that he didn't tell you to study, you're going to ask him to forgive you for that. Because he's the only one that has the power to accept repentance. You understand what I'm saying? But no, y'all recognize Nasrullah being here. But when it comes down to Yadda Khuluna, Fidina Lahi, y'all have all kinds of excuses for not joining in. Then, when it says, and so it's time when that happens for you to start glorifying Allah, that means making your five daily prayers, constantly praying to the Heavenly Father and glorifying Him. How many people in there make their five daily prayers every day? From Salatul Fajr all the way to Salatul Isha, every day. Or do you have some excuse, at my job I can't do it. At my work I can't do this. I have to take care of it. I have to do this here. I'm out in the street all the time. What did Jesus tell his followers? Drop their nets and become fishes of men. That means cut off those things so that you can devote yourself full time to the service of the Heavenly Father and raising his lost seed. So when you get to that part, and seek out his forgiveness, because surely he is the only one that has the power to accept your repentance. We cut off. We shut down. We don't want to hear that side of it. We only want to hear the beautiful sides of it, like the, like the revelation said. We like the doctrine when it's sweet in our mouth, but not when it's bitter in our belly. It's sweet in our mouth, but we are in the corner, we, and we're blowing all this doctrine, and we sound heavy to our friends. But then when someone says, are you going to dress in white? Are you going to put back on the garb of righteousness? Are you going to enter? Right? Are you going to enter in to the Ansarullah community? Or are you going to stay out here on the streets and profess to be one of them and walk around in a state of hypocrisy? And making up all kinds of excuses why you're not coming home yet and why you're not doing this. Which is it? Are you going in like Jesus or are you, are you going to pull a Nicodemus? Remember, Nicodemus never got back around Jesus until he got smart enough to realize to get Judas' body. The only time he would come to Jesus was at night and talk to Jesus so nobody would see him. But he wouldn't walk with Jesus, sleep with Jesus, and break bread with Jesus and be in amongst his disciples. Yet he wanted to classify himself one of Jesus' sacred disciples. But he wasn't there when the stuff hit the fan because he never entered into the deed with him. You follow what I'm saying? So uh, to answer to the sister's question, the prophecy can be altered. It was altered on your behalf in 1970. Otherwise, the four winds would have folded. It was altered that you may be saved. The Lord upon what thou would save you. Now what do you do with it? Do you turn from it or do you work with it? Um, another thing... Um, you know, my mind was gone, but I tapped in a little bit about, you know, when brothers were speaking about as far as the last day and so on and so forth. Um, from my learning and from what I believe, not by my opinion or by what I feel or anything like that, uh, there's some hadith to say everyone will have a taste of uh, fire. Or, or Let me interrupt you for a minute. It's a good point you're trying to reach that. First of all, the most important thing is, my brother, is... These translators played a trick on most people. 
in Arabic language, when it says kun fayakun, it doesn't mean be and is. The word kun from yakunu, kana, means to exist from kohen, cosmos. Mm. And fire is from the word fi ya, to come All into. Right. Wait, just a minute, so you'll understand. Because mm. that's a very important word. When okay. Allah Ta'ala says kun fayakun, what that means is when Allah wants to bring a thing into existence, he says, kun fire kun, exist, and into existence it comes. It has, nothing to, do with, it has nothing to do with the work or the amal of men. What we do is we take a word and think it has to do with the way we do a thing. It has nothing to do with the way we act, how we make salah, has nothing to do with how we dress. That has to do with bringing things into existence, new creation, kun fire kun. So it's not as easy to say, well, if Allah just wants a thing to happen, it happens. And then when it comes down to numbers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does deal in numbers. He's very specific in the Quran that when Rasulullah alayhi salatu wasalam was under the oppression by the tribe of Quraysh who was coming out against him in the battle of Badr, that they had 315 followers and he sent down a thousand angels to assist him. You follow that? Yeah, all right, but um, that's Ismaili, if I may, uh, no, or no due respect, if I may interrupt you. Um, my point is not so much numbers or anything like that, uh, but what I know is what I know is that, you know, Allah is going to determine how, you know, how many people is going to make it. You see, because there are those who behave fitting to go to Jahannam until they are but an arm's length away and they end up going to paradise just as there are those who behave fitting to go to paradise until they are but an arm's length away and they end up going to Jahannam. This is Hadith. This is okay, not, yes, this is not right. Quran. If Quran I may, if I may continue. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I love what you brothers are doing. Let me, let me interrupt you. you. It's going on and on and on and certain things are thrown in is a difference in philosophy we have to clear so we don't leave the audience. The Holy Quran specifically points out to Rasulullah in the 106th surah that he's only dealing with one group of people here. Not everybody in the world. It's like Sunni Muslims have been brainwashed and thinking. He says in that, in that Quran, fi Quraysh. He signals out a tribe of people called the Quraysh and says he's going to give them alfi, thousands of protections for this one family, the Quraysh family, which is a Hashemi family, which is the sons of Ishmael and Abraham, which is the black seed from Noah. Because Allah does say in the Quran that Noah's family and Imran's family is above other nations of the world. So in the Quran, Allah does specifically point out that the black seed is superior to the white seed himself by mentioning Imran's family, which were black, which is Miriam and Isa and Musa and uh, Ibrahim, and not what is pure seed of the Hamites. And in the Holy Quran, when he speaks of the creation of Adam, he uses the word Hamin Fafalin, which is the same Arabic word as the name Ham for black. I created Adam of Hamin Fafalin, black mud. He specifically points out this. And though when I say it, it's racism. And when the white Arabs teach y'all that the Prophet Muhammad is white in the Hadith, that's called history. You see, when I do it, it's a racist thing. When they yeah, do it, like it's Malcolm. all history. But I want to point out to you that in this Quran, Allah says, fi Quraysh. That he's setting out to send thousands of protections on the tribe of Quraysh. That he's going to protect them as they mount their horses to set out on this journey. Now, he speaks about them having a journey that will take them 
through the winter and the summer, and that they will be in a place where they will have to turn to Mecca. Listen why he does that. He says, Right? He puts in there. Now what that means is, so I want you people to worship your sustainer at this house, meaning at Mecca. Allah Ta'ala was telling us that he knew that we would be out of our home. We wouldn't be at Mecca. He wants us to worship there. He said, listen, from Abdu, from Surah Al-Kafiru, when Rasulullah points out the Kafir from the Mu'min, he says, I want you all to worship your sustainer Allah at this house, at Makkah. To the one who fed you when you were hungry and who gave to you when you were thirsty. And why he's talking about feeding us from hunger and thirst, he's going back to Nabi Ibrahim, Hagar. His wife, Hagar, was put out of the house of Abraham and went into the land of Faran, which is later called Mecca or Becca. And they were fed with the well of Zamzam, and Allah Ta'ala provided for them with food to the angel Jibrael. This, whether y'all want to accept it or not, in the Arabic is very clearly speaking to a specific race of people. And in Quran, Allah says, I myself have created you into tribes, and I have made you into families that you will know about each other. He uses Ya'arrafuna. He doesn't use Ya'lamuna, to know each other like the translators. He uses the word Arafa, to know about a thing, not to alama, to learn a thing. I want you to know the difference in each other. Ya'arrafuna. He says, and the best amongst you is he who's the most loyal. Now, that's not race at all. That tribe and family that has nothing to do with different races. The word for race is Iraq. That word race is not there. Just tribes and families. Who are they talking about? Nabi Ibrahim. They're saying to Abraham, Abraham, you are going to be broken up into because you are the imam of all the Muslims. Remember that? The Quran says that if you named us Muslims before Muhammad was here, and you're the father of tribes and families, Israel and Ishmael which came down into Kida, which is a family, and the Quraysh, and which goes down to Judah, which is the family of Ben Israel, which goes down to Isa. You follow? And the best between Israel and Ishmael and the Midian is he who is the most righteous. And out of them came Rasulullah, who was black, blacker than you and I, a pure seed. Though the white Arabs have the Sunnis brainwashed and thinking he was white, he was a black man. It's a historical fact that he was black. There's drawings of him as black. And they have them subliminally worshipping them. And if I bring it up, I automatically become a racist. But in their hadith that these white Arabs put together, and they say the armpits of the Prophet Muhammad's white, his face was pink, he had a white beard, they give black people an inferiority complex when all Sudanese have records of their descendancy charts directly from name to name from all of the family of Rasulullah. And we know for a fact that he was a dark, dark Arab, a black man, not a red or pink. He didn't look like... Qaddafi, he didn't look like Ayatollah Khomeini, he didn't look like he didn't look like any of the people from Saudi, he looked like the people from Kuwait, the dark ones, he looked like the people from Oman, Qatar, and he was definitely a Sudanese. Go ahead, you have the forum. Okay. Um Yes, that's that's true. Uh, even uh Prophet Esau, may Allah be pleased with him, was of uh, African descent. Okay, and uh it's also true that as far as uh if you want to get um, I don't know if they call it um, something about the study of the past, the people that be digging up fossils and whatnot. 
Anthropology. Anthropology. You know, if you want to get anthropology. Sure. The earliest signs of existence was found in Ethiopia, Africa, dating back millions of years ago. On the borderline of Sudan. You're right. Long before the white man was even here. The Europeans even came on the scene. You're right. This is a known factor. But my point is that... Let me ask you a question. Do you, do you think that white people as a whole, as a whole, are just the black people in the world, knowing that slavery just got abolished in Mecca in 1968? You know that, right? That they just abolished slavery in Mecca in 1968? Did you know that? Oh, I also know that the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Arabs, uh, is that what they're, that's what they're getting to, that they enslaved uh, blacks, uh, Africans. Yeah. Uh, long before the Europeans even came on the scene, if that's what you're getting at. No, I wasn't. I wasn't getting oh. at that at all. Because the, the original Arabs that they're speaking about being enslaved was the family of the Prophet Muhammad called the Fakhrim. Oh. And Ali and Hassan was the family of Muhammad when, when um, Rasulullah refused to let Abu Bakr Sadiq, who the Sunnis called the first Khalifa, marry his daughter Fatima. And then the same day gave her to Ali, Imeru Mukminin. His uncle's son, Abu uh, Talib's son, the white Arabs became angry at the black Arabs. And when Rasulullah Muhammad died, alayhi salatu wasalam, while Ali and Fatima and the rest of them and Bilal and them were performing his janazah, Abu Bakr and Al-Abbas and them was in another city voting for who should be the successor. And they weren't even at his funeral. And then when they put Abu Bakr for deacon because he had the most money and he was a light Arab, Aisha's father, who made her own hadith up, Right? Then they turned on the family of Fatima and Ali and them and Hassan and Hussein and killed them and then chased the family out of Arabia up into Egypt. Why if you go to Cairo where the University of Azhar is, there's a mosque called Masjid al-Hussein there. They chased the family up there and then they moved down into Sudan. Um, getting to, uh, referring to the autobiography of Malcolm X, yeah. you know, when he went on his hajj, yes. he said that... Uh, he had, uh, you know, and if this statement that he said isn't any good, you need to take down that picture I see that you have. But he said that he slept, ate, and drank out of cups of people whose you know hair was the blindest of You know, the next thing I'm going to tell you is going to surprise you. Was the, um, the next thing I'm going to tell you is going to surprise you. What, that there was a change of mind? No, I was there with him. Yeah. I was what, on high. I was on high. Wait. I did the with him. I am one of the Sudanese brothers. When he said his autobiography, there was a short, dark-skinned guy with slanted eyes who was giving me all my advice, a young man. He's talking about me. I was the one there. And Malcolm X never, ever made 90% of the statements that appeared in that autobiography. Is yes, that right? <laughs> he got mad at the Honorable Elijah Muhammad because his own brother, not Elijah Muhammad's brother, Malcolm X's brother wanted to kill him because the things that he let Wallace D. Muhammad put in his head against the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. It wasn't the Honorable Elijah Muhammad who was trying to kill Malcolm X. It was Malcolm X's own blood brother. And I have this on videotape where you can hear him talking about himself wanting to kill his own brother because he should know better than to speak out against the messenger because he said he should know that if the messenger wanted him dead, he would have been dead by now. But Malcolm X fell victim to what he accused other blacks 
other black political leaders of, and that was letting a white man tell him what to think. You follow that? Okay, but went, so, okay, let me so what was his bro, real bro. feeling? Go ahead, go ahead. No, it's pertaining to the You're issue. right, go ahead. What was his real feeling? What was his real feeling about European people? He said, and I quote, and you can check it. He said, when I got over there, I saw what they would call white people in America praying and being humble. But I knew that they were not white people no more. They were Muslim. And if the white people in America could become Muslims, then we would have a peaceful world. But notice how he phrased that. He said, I saw them over there, and they no longer looked like white people. Though they had blonde hair and blue eyes, they didn't look like white people. They just became Muslim. And mm. if, and if, he said, the white people in America would become Muslim, then they would also drop that racist thing. Mm. If, but he also, being a student of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, was confronted with a question that is, can the devil be reformed? And Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, no, not nowadays. And this is what Malcolm was saying. Agreed. And I agree with you. If, if all the white people in the world were to become Muslims and serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make their constitution the holy Quran and make their capital the holy city of Mecca, then the world would be at peace. But the question again there is if. And I know and you know that Adnan Khashoggi like left Islam to become an American. He was an Arab. Would the Ansar community accept the European Shahada? I've said a hundred thousand times that I would accept a European Shahada. I've said a hundred thousand times that if a, a white man or a white woman came to me in distress, I would help them. See, people, there's no Shahada. I, I mean, allow I one to come. I said, I believe me, I said, oh, okay. And live in the community? Yes, but they cannot marry into our blood. Why? Because if we do that, the next generation, the Quran, where Allah says, I made you into tribes and families that you may know about each other. If we mingle and we don't have tribes and families no more, then people will be able to say the Quran has a contradiction in it. Because they'll see everybody one race, and they'll say, this book that y'all follow says, I made you into tribes and families that you may know about each other. I've seen black people from integration, and it took me a while to figure out whether they were black or white. I'm quite sure you have too. We got to make sure the Quran stays unadulterated and pure. And if Allah says he made us in the different hues and colors, then he wants us to keep these hues and colors. If he said he made us in the separate tribes and families, then he wants us to keep these tribes and families. So we can worship together, we can laugh together, we can break bread together, but we should not mix our seeds with them. That's what I teach. And right, people so are misinterpreting it and calling me a racist because I call white people what they are, the way they call us. Therefore, uh, you is be quick and out of it, which means nigger. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, if I may, brother, no, do you say Pleasure to talk. Um, What's your name? Ibrahim. Ibrahim, it's a pleasure to meet you. Yes, it's my pleasure. Yeah, what I want to ask, I say like if you were an Orthodox Muslim, besides being black, you were like in a country like Pakistan or whatever, Afghanistan, or like the so-called brothers of Bangladesh. Say like um, you had green eyes or whatever, blue eyes, and you, and you study the scriptures and and you, you know, you pray five times a day. Are you entitled to go to Jannah? Only Allah Ta'ala can decide that, who goes to Jannah. All we can do is point out the facts of the scriptures. When it comes down to making decisions on who goes to Jannah and who doesn't, Allah does that. You understand what I'm trying to say? Though in the Holy Quran, in the uh, 20th chapter, the 102nd verse, he does refer to them as already accused. You see, on the day when the trumpet is blown, we shall gather the guilty. He's using them as if they're already found guilty. 
if you notice that when you read it, right? And it's not, and it's not in the future tense. It's already past. We will gather the guilty. When he speaks about the devil, he says, Undormi, watch me until the day of judgment, which means Allah already found him guilty for not bowing to Adam, but he asked Allah to respite him as they translated or to watch him, and he says, I'll grant you that, which means the devil is already found guilty. So whatever nationality, because of integration, that the devil pops up in, and believe it, he has integrated into every nationality. Whatever race he has mixed himself into, whether he's speaking Spanish, French, or American Negro English, if he's the devil in our midst, and he has made it his business to integrate into our midst, on the day when the trumpet is blown, he shall be gathered separately than those righteous. He is shaitan, he is shaitan, <laughs> just okay. acting like he's something he's not. And believe me, one of the best acts the devil puts on is the preacher and the teacher and the leaders. They come as Muslims and put on white robe. The Quran says they sit out there and they listen to the recitation of the Quran, and then they pervert it. They come as Muslims, saying they have faith in Allah in the last day, but they are not. When they're with you, they say they are faithful, but then when they get back to their satanic friends, the Quran literally says that, when they get back to their satanic friends, then they tell their satanic friends that they were only making fun and making a mockery. So remember this, the devil is in many different disguises. He weaves himself into everybody's race. You go to Puerto Rico, you find blonde hair, blue eyes, stand right there speaking Spanish. And if you go to Mauritius, you're going to find them intermingling in Mauritius, Mauritania, and even in Sudan now, my son. We got a whole bunch of them sitting up there, Sudanese, looking blonde-haired and blue-eyed because they didn't marry in. Because the men, when they got into power and political positions, they started marrying European women and mixing their seeds. That's what the devil has over us. He knows how to assimilate himself into us. You understand? Yeah. If you turn to the Holy Quran... In the second chapter, in the uh, 13th verse. And when it said to them, have the same faith as the people before you, Malassa Ibrahim, they say, shall we have the faith of fools? Now surely they are the biggest fools, but they don't know it. Okay, and when they meet those who, who have faith, they say, we have faith also. And when they, they are left alone with their physical devils, they say to them, surely we are with you, and we are only mocking and them. And the Arabic word is illa. Shayyatinihim. And they use the word shaitan right there. You see that? It says, وَإِذَا لَكُوا عَلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا قَالُوا آمَنَا وَإِذَا خَالُوا إِلَى شَيَّاطِينِهِمْ قَالُوا إِنَّا مَعْكُمْ إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسَّازِيُونَ You see that? And when they meet with those who are faithful, قَالُوا They say, I am of the faithful. I am a mu'min, a believer, a faithful person. And when they return illa to their satanic friends, Kalu, they say to them, Inna surely ma'kum. I am in a company of yours. Inna ma, all I was really doing, all we were really doing, was mocking or making fun of the Muslim. So you better be careful of people who come to you and say, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. And they go and leave you and turn right to shaitan, the devil himself, and say, I'm really one of your people. That when I was with the Muslims, I was pretending I was with them. Don't think because a person says they're Muslim and wears white that they're Muslim. In fact, we have a campaign right now in this community that we're putting a stop to brothers who are on the street dressed as us, pretending to be Ansars and have their women out there with them with veils on and their kids out there, which is not our teaching. But we're going to stop niggas from being in the street, 
flirting with women, smoking cigarettes, doing all kinds of stuff in a public thing to us. They're on the subway and they're begging up money and it's not has nothing to do with our community and they're selling stuff, they're getting it from people and it's when you meet a brother and he tries to sell you something, you ask him, do you live inside the community, yes or no? Do you live inside the community on Bushwick Avenue, yes or no? He says no, then tell him you are whooping cheap clothing. Do y'all hear me? You people in that room hear me? Yeah. If you meet a brother on that street selling something, he's trying to sell you something or, or solicit funds from you, you ask him, do you live inside the Ansar community, yes or no? You understand? And if he tells you no, that you are a woman she's close with a lot of these brothers, use our doctrine to pull women. They wouldn't have no conversation any other way. So they use answer all our teachings and they pretend they're with us and they sit around their tables all day talking to women. And we are going to put a stop to that stuff because a lot of that is not represented in our doctrine. And a lot of men get bypassed. A brother standing out there, he got questions and he can't get a conversation in because the brother spent all his time talking to women at his table. We going through Jamaica Avenue, 42nd Street, and all the different places where these guys are set up. And I know some of you people seen brothers at their tables spend their whole day just talking to women. We're going to put a stop to that because they're out there supposed to be spreading the word, the dawah of Imachi, and trying to raise people's souls out there flirting with women. So you And you women, you be careful those brothers out there professing to be inside here, and they don't want you to come in. They keep you outside, and they visit you because there's nowhere in our law that says a brother from inside the mosque can go to your house and visit you. That is not our law. He's not allowed to go to your house and eat in your house. He's not allowed to take money from you. And there's no such thing as he can have sex with you because he's planning on marrying you in the near future. If some brother tell you that, he is a liar. And I want you people to do me a favor and spread this, what I'm saying now. You understand? Because there's a lot of bad things happening because brothers are perpetrating some lies. And I want you all to go out there and tell people that if that brother's coming to your house, he doesn't belong there. That's not the law. No brother in the Ansar community is allowed to go to some woman's house who's not in the mosque. That's against our law. If he spend a night in your house, he, is, he knows that he's, that he's bringing shame to you. He knows he's disrespecting you. Put your foot down in the name of Allah. Okay? Do you all hear me? Yeah. Does everybody in that room hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I hope I didn't upset nobody, but yeah. this is something that must be done. Because a lot of perpetrators out there, whoops and cheap clothing. Um, just to elaborate on what he said, someone had approached my, my husband went and asked um, someone dressed in white and he was, uh, he had women with him, my so-called wives, and uh, my husband asked him about the community and he started to say derogatory things about the community. And uh, he also told my husband that he doesn't live in the community. So I guess maybe that's what, he was probably one of those people. That's that, exactly the kind of people, because we would never have our women on the street with all that danger selling no, no, selling no uh, products or whatever. And we think it's our women should be protected, not out there. You understand what I'm saying? A Muslim woman or any woman, for that matter, whether she's Muslim or not, should be respected and not allowed to stand out on those street pillars. We see brothers like that, and they get mad because we tell, we tell them, you're disrespecting your own wife. And I'm sorry that she doesn't have enough sense to see that, that, she, that you're subjecting her to a lot of danger. All these crazy people out here, all these crazy Jews, somebody, some, some snipers blow up a, a hotel in, in Israel and some fool runs up and thinks you an Arab and starts hitting you in your head with something or hit your wife. Then you got to kill him on the street and then you're in jail. And it's all over. Your wife's in jail, your kid's in some home and ain't worth it. We got to build communities now and we got to learn to train ourselves and get prepared for survival. We got to teach our women to prepare themselves. We've got to get ready for what's going to happen in the very near future. And if y'all don't get ready, y'all going to be some sorry people because the white man is ready. 
He got his thing organized. When he go down to the village and beat up white kids, you know what he do to black kids. He went to the, I think it's the East, East Village, and whipped a whole bunch of white people in the head with sticks. So you know what he'll do to you. Go ahead, sister. Oh, okay. Excuse me for interrupting you. That's all right. Um, if white people are cursed, or the cursed race, why, why waste time accepting them into the nation of Islam? All right. I didn't say that I do. I said if a white person came to me, and let me show you how I explained it. Okay. There's people sitting in that class who've been coming to our class for years asking questions, black, and never move in. You follow that? Yeah. They just absorb the knowledge, and they got an excuse every year for why they're not in. So I said, if a white person came to that mic and asked, could I move in? I'd say yes, because there's black people sitting inside there who should be trying to build from the inside out that won't. And I'd say that person got more faith than the brother and sister who's sitting inside there just using the doctrine to get over on a day-to-day basis. That's how I explained it. I also follow by saying to brother that I do not believe that the devil can ever be reformed. You see that? Uh-huh. He is the devil, was the devil, and always will be the devil. There's no reformation for the devil. So I feel saying, so if he's here, he definitely can't intermarry. And if white people are here and can't intermarry, they only have one generation of survivors. If they can't marry, they will fade away. You understand? Um, what is the Plus, let me add one more thing. Plus, because of genetics, if every black person in the world married a white person, there'd be no more white people. Because the kids born to black and white are considered black. Right. So if every black person went and married a white person, we'd get rid of them in one generation. But we'd have so many diseases, it would take us another 10 generations to get rid of the diseases. <laughs> so we can't reform them. Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay. Um, what is your teaching on the Muslim teaching on reincarnation? I'm glad you brought that question up because we're the only community that will address this problem. Most Muslims, if you go to them and try it, visit them, and ask them if they believe in reincarnation, they'll go, no, that's a Hindu belief, and it's wrong. And then they'll tell you that Jesus is coming back. They'll say in the Hadith, the Prophet Muhammad said, Jesus will come in the last day, and he'll ascend in a physical form, they say, in their teaching, in an orange robe in Jerusalem. All right? Now, if Jesus was here on earth, and according to them, Allah took him up, which means he left his physical plane, or for a simpler word, he died. Correct? Yes, yes. And if Jesus is going to come back in a latter day in a physical form to take the head of the jive and to break the cross, then Muslims in a quiet kind of way believe in the word reincarnation. Because all it means is to reincarnate, to come back in a physical body. But if you ask them that they believe in reincarnation because of brainwashing by Hindus, they'll say, no, we don't believe in reincarnation immediately before they think out what they're saying. If you believe that the Messiah Jesus is going to return in the latter day to claim his people, then you believe in reincarnation. So if you ask me, do I believe in reincarnation? Yes, I do believe that Moses and Elijah reincarnated to Jesus and spoke to him. Yes, I do believe that Elijah returned in John the Baptist in the scriptures. And yes, I believe when Rasulullah taught us that Jesus will come in the latter day in a physical form. So, yes, I do believe in reincarnation. I don't believe, however, that we come back as fishes and birds and ducks and snakes and all that kind of stuff. I don't believe we can regress. I think we can only go forward because we're going towards becoming one with the Creator. So I don't think we can go back. Okay? Okay. But how about a person like me, just the average person? 
Well, so cool every Thursday. I think that if you don't build up enough kadr with certain people called karma, while in this life, you will come back to in another life. I know that human beings do not just live 80 years and die. There's too much in the universe that must be obtained and too little time in them 80 years. If all that extraterrestrials live thousands of years and some trillions of years, they've lost the sense of time. What happened is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the beginning of the book of your book called Genesis, he put in time by the creation of the sun, moon, and stars and have put y'all in a vacuum of time where you have durations of existence and seasons and, and of, if you follow, but beings on the outside, angelic beings who live outside of the earth's atmosphere are not subject to your time laws and therefore they have infinite life or what Jesus or Muhammad or Moses call eternal life. So I believe, yes, you yourself have lived other lives. And with the proper regression, you can go back to those other lives. Most times, if you catch a kid like five years old, you can sit down and talk to them, ask them questions, and they can tell you about previous lives that they've lived. Little kids, if you, if you know how to question them. An adult with a person who knows what they're doing can be put into uh, hypnotic regression and go back and experience previous lives. Everybody you see has lived multiple lives before. Yes. Okay? Uh, okay. So it is too old for the, for the body. Go ahead. Well, I didn't hear it. I, I said the spirit is a heck of a lot older than the body. Oh, I see. Um, uh, uh, there's another question. Oh, okay. So when, exactly what age is he supposed to make his appearance? Who, the a, devil? Yeah, he's 22. He'll be about 22 now. The devil came out of the pit, the first pit, in 1966. Right. All right? He's going to be locked away again for a thousand years. And that thousand years can be one day. Because one day, like to the Lord, is like a thousand years, a thousand, depending on us and our faith. If we don't perform the circle, now listen, close people. If we don't perform the circle, which gives us the power to pull down the walls of Jericho again, we will be vulnerable to Satan. What made Israel have the power to pull down the walls of Jericho is they came together and they chanted and they vickered. They vickered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name together in a circle. They formed a camp and set up the ark of the tabernacle and they prayed together and they worshiped together. And then they went down to Jericho and they marched on the city and they brought it down. You remember that? Well, we can't do it because like Israel, Israel, you Israelites won't come to the camp. We won't get together. So the devil will be loose on us. And if he's loose on us, we have serious problems. So we have the power. You ain't kidding, because like that room, there's people sitting there talking to us, and you maybe, who ain't coming home, will be talking for months. I'm going to come. I think he's right. He might be telling the truth. You ain't never heard nothing like this before. You ain't never seen these many facts before. Have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ever provided y'all with so many facts, book after book, numbers, quotes, dates, names, Places, maps, science, but so many facts. Have you ever poured out so many facts before? Never before. But still you won't come home. Still you stay out there and wobble in the mire. And meanwhile, the devil and the beast is organizing. Okay. Um, I know there's 19 other galaxies and some planets have been destroyed. But how do they... Wait a minute. Huh? There's 19 galaxies in Theta. What's that? Theta is where Yannin comes from. There's Zeta, Theta, Alpha, Beta. These are Greek names uh -huh. that were given to the different 
star formations in other galaxies. There's 19 galaxies within the star formation of where Yanun comes from. Oh, and he just happens to come from the eighth planet called Risk of a three-sun galaxy, which is one of the 19. When you get into Zeta, or what they call Zeta-1, right, that's another star, star formation, and they have many galaxies there, <laughs> okay? It's much more complicated oh, than much more complicated. just that, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I just wanted to ask you, what do extraterrestrials look like? I mean, you see these um, on television, you see little green-eyed monsters, but do they actually look like that or really more like us? I understand what you're saying. Are you with me? Let me explain something to you about that extraterrestrial thing. When an extraterrestrial visits Terra, Terra is one of the names of the planet Earth used by extraterrestrials. Mm -hmm. The project planet Earth is called Urenda, if you ever get a chance to remember. And Jesus, by the way, is on a starship, and his starship name is Sanender. Okay? He's not called Jesus or the Messiah, he's called Sanender. But let me go on. If an extraterrestrial ship, as you call them, comes into the Earth and lands, correct? For the first time, and he lands in a jungle, and he encounters a lion. What do you think he'll think? That that's an earthling. What? He'll think that the lion is an earthling. Yeah. If he encounters, a, if he goes beneath the earth into the sea, like the vortex do, when they come here, they go under the sea. What would he think when he sees under the sea? He'll think those are earthlings. See, what's wrong with people on the planet Earth? They tend to think that they're the only earthlings. We are the human beings. We are the rulers of the planet Earth. When in reality, oh. every living creature from insect to ant to bacteria is an earthling. And therefore, different forms of extraterrestrials, depending on the ladder of their intellect and, and existence, come to Earth. There are bacteria oh. that come to visit bacteria. There are humanoids that come here. The ones that frequent the planet Earth, the most, right, Uranians, are what they refer to as the little people. Mm -hmm. They frequent most here, and that's because back in 1947, one of their ships crashed here because of a, a storm, and they worked off uh, electricity, magnets. And when they came back to uh, recover the bodies of the wreck, they encountered certain American officials, Truman in particular, who all they asked for was the bodies and the remainings of the wreckage to take back, and, he made a, and they, they made him make a bargain with them to give them certain diseases and certain formulas like energy equals mass times the speed of light, and your formula splitting atoms with atomic bombs, which they told the extraterrestrials they were going to use for something good, but in turn used for something evil. And they didn't return all of the bodies, and they didn't return all of, all of the... Uh, Records so the extraterrestrials uh, through what it called telepathy put Truman out of his misery and Eisenhower picked it up. Eisenhower came into office and he became the one who was a negotiator for a certain project whose name I won't mention. And he became a communicator between the extraterrestrials then. You, you follow that? Yeah, I follow and that. he also betrayed them. They gave y'all the cure for Sarah Palsy, they gave uh -huh. you all the cure for polio. They gave you all the, uh, the vaccine for um, cholera and for malaria. And they, were, and they would have given you the cure for cancer and all the other diseases, but they betrayed these beings and killed them, the ones who visited. And so then the other 
other beings came from other galaxies because it's an interplanetary thing of other galaxies who came here from other forms of life, for lack of a better word, to assist these, the little people who are really just scientists. See, there's different formations of stars. Some beings come here as scientists. They're more apt to take you up on a ship and examine you, to find out how your organs work, find out how your brain works, because mortals on Earth are only using a fraction of their brain. Certain planets where the people have evoluted for millions and millions of years, they use their whole brain. And human beings, for some reason, had stopped. As you were evoluting in the beginning of your time, thousands of years ago, you were becoming smarter and beginning to use more of your brain. And that was giving you more psychic powers. But uh, wicked extraterrestrials have taught human beings how to use computers, which made their brain stop developing. And if you don't develop your brain, you're going to cut off your psychic power and y'all won't have telepathy and all of the powers necessary for communicating with extraterrestrials. So now you're doing everything on computers and you stop developing the brain. So the extraterrestrials are concerned, but you're so fascinated with the computers and how fast to get things done that they can't convince you that thousands of years are being lost because human beings are not calculating with their hands and not developing their minds and not studying things from an esoteric standpoint of view, but they're looking at every, everything from a monetary and physical standpoint of view. So they foresee that planet Earth is about to destroy itself because man has got more sophisticated with his technology than he has in his spiritual powers. So they sent the Quran, they sent the Torah, they sent the Injil, they through telepathy have communicated with certain mortals like Muhammad and Zoroastrian and Buddha and Musa and Esau, or Esau is a different creature because he was caught between two worlds and communicated with them and tried to send down this information so that they can teach you and get you developed spiritually for when the mothership comes, which you read in Revelation 21 as the crystal city that Jesus said will come out of heaven with the 24 elders which Ezekiel saw. But you're not ready for it. You're caught up in the physical things and the luxuries of the world, and you're being persuaded by the cherubim to, to lean towards the darker side of things instead of by the seraphim to lean towards the lighter side. So to answer your question, many different types of beings are coming to this planet. The most important visitation was around 1947, after you bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki, because you almost, with two atoms, split your planet. And if you would have split your planet, you would have interfered with things that are being done in the center of the planet in a place called Wahala and Shambhala. So the extraterrestrials started sending people from the vortex. They went into the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle, which opens up 19 times a year. You understand that? It opens a way to a fourth generation. And they come in the vortex of, of beings from the same galaxy as the little people, but they, are, they live underwater as opposed to on land. And they come here when uh, they're living under, under the sea here in the Atlantic Ocean and different places, and they have empires there. And everybody is working to keep you from destroying the planet so y'all can develop. The only thing that cannot be done is they cannot interfere with the natural course of your planet because it will be thrown into a star holocaust, meaning the magnetic field of the planet will be reduced, which y'all are doing anyway by removing the ozone layer. And we're trying to figure out any way we possibly can to re-knit the ozone layer because if the ozone layer is moving, ultraviolet waves come in, you'll have 10 years before your planet will be destroyed. So extraterrestrials are doing everything in their power to keep you from destroying yourself. And the cherubims are here in the form of human beings, and y'all just don't see them as they're white people, and they're doing everything in their power to destroy you. Let me give you a little cues. He's the man says driving, driving 55 miles an hour, and he makes a car that does 260. Don't smoke cigarettes, and they got cigarette commercials. 
Alcohol will kill you, and they got alcohol commercials. Drugs will kill you, and they import drugs in the country. You can't even smuggle a piece of jewelry in from South America, but they can't stop hundreds of pounds of drugs. There's obviously an inward conspiracy for human beings to destroy themselves out of their ignorance. And extraterrestrials are not allowed to intervene. They can only suggest or through celebrity or influence certain human beings to make them react certain ways or just incarnate and teach, like in my case. I was assigned here to teach you to try to raise your consciousness so that when the ship comes, you'll be ready. But I am having such a hard time because you don't believe nothing I say because I'm not white. You believe the, the cherubims and everything they teach. If the white man came on the day and said, I made all of this up, you always believe it. With all the facts that I taught and every scripture and every verification, you still say, I knew there was something wrong with him all the time. It's that easy. The same way Malcolm X was easily influenced by the cherubim to turn against Elijah Muhammad. It's that easy. And that's holding y'all back. You have got to get back into using your calculus abilities. You've got to get back into using your psychic powers. You people have psychic powers. How many times have you thought about calling somebody and you picked up the phone and they were there? How many times have you thought about seeing a friend that you haven't seen and turned the corner and they were standing there? How many times have you walked up on a person and said, I know this person, I don't know from where. These are people you know in your spiritual life. You better get your spiritual life together and get away from this physical thing because it is swiftly passing away. And whether Sananda, who you know as Jesus, or Elias, Elijah, or whoever comes to try to teach you, all you do is get intimidated, cross-examine them, curse them, defame them, question them, doubt them, butcher them, and then try to either kill them or chase them away. And the Quran says, you people will kill your own messengers. They tried to kill the Messiah, Jesus, for what he was trying to teach you. Some of you people know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all think I'm nuts. Some of you people have had extraterrestrial communication. Some of you people have had extraterrestrial dreams and visions. Some of you people know that you don't belong on this plane, and other people don't know it. Some of y'all are mortals, and some of y'all are supreme beings. And the ones in there that are supreme beings inside, they know what I'm saying is true. They don't know how to get back because they've fallen so far, but they know there's something not normal about the way they feel and the way things happen to them and the way life is set up around them. And they know that people are out to hurt them and situations always work against them. When they try to tell people, people say, oh, you're just paranoid. When you go to get a job and they pick the other person standing next to you and you say, man, these people just don't like me. And then you go home and say, that's just paranoia. There's no paranoia. The devil knows who you are, and he sees it in your eyes even where you can't see it, and he's out to stop you. He will block everything you want to do. You'll make your life totally miserable. When it's five people to get picked in a college, you'll have the highest credentials, and you won't be the one to pick. You understand? When the bus gets ready, when you're coming out of the street, the bus is pulled off. Everybody else catches the bus. The bus gets away from you. You understand what I'm saying? You get down there, and someone says, boy, the train just left. I'm sorry, that was our last pair of green shoes. And, you be, and then you don't realize that this has been happening to you your whole life. Then you sit back and say, why does everything always happen to me? That's because you are a visitor. You understand? You're the seed of the elders and you're lost here. And you better wake up soon. Because when the devil opens up the door against you, he's not going to show no mercy.
of Allah, then you must stand up before the world, the Muslim world, and give your evidences. I believe the Rabbi Isaac Muhammad uh, would be very happy to know that. Has. In fact, uh, in uh, his last address, the last address he made to the community, the, the, no, pardon me, the, the, the address that preceded the last address, um, he pointed to a Caucasian that was on the platform, and he said that uh, this is a Muslim. He's a saint. He referred to the man as a saint. <laughs>
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له. أشهد أن كل رسول رسول الله. I bear witness to Allah alone and He has no partners. And I bear witness to all the apostles that come from Allah. Being a follower of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad through his National Representative Louis Farrakhan, I would just like to know um, is the dress code of um, bow tie and suits. Is that in any way an abomination of Allah's will compared to the Ansaru community with um, white garb? The dress code of the nation of Islam serves its purpose in that which Minister Louis Farrakhan is trying to get across to the people of the face attention He is talking about what the white man owes you. Right. And how you should go about trying to get it. He's talking about the possibility of a return to a place called Nubia. Listen closely. I didn't say I didn't say that. <laughs> Africa is a curse word. Akuba land is a curse word. All of these are tricks by the devil. Don't fall into them tricks. That's right. The word Africa means to divide something, to break us up into pieces. And that's why when you get to the mother, the home of Nubia, you find Nigerians, Ghanaians, or Ghana, uh, what do you call it, Sierra Leone, Morocco, Libya, Sudan. Ethiopia. And you talk to an Ethiopian, you say he's not what a Sudanese is. You talk to the president of Nigeria, you say he's not what an Ethiopian is. But here in this country here, they're all Christians. And they break their Christianity down into denominations. There is denominations. But they still say one nation under God. And they'll say it's not it's not impossible to divide individuals. But when it comes to us, the Muslim family, be, we call ourselves Sunni or Shia or Bilalian or the 5% nation or the Israelite Hebrews or the nation of Islam, we all want to be divided. The Christians, as ignorant as we consider them in their teachings, are able to live in one nation and call themselves Baptist, Pentecostal, Seventh-day Adventist, Jehovah's Witness, Catholic, of, of, of multiple denominations of Catholics exist, <clears throat> Romans, Greeks, the Coptic. But when it comes to Muslims, because of ego, we can't live as one nation under law. We can't get in a room together. The Sunnis don't even belong in this game. That's right. That's right. That's right. don't belong in this day because you're not saying you're black. Right. And if you're not black, you don't belong in, a, in this room. All right now. It's a black thing.
or Noble Drew Ali jumps up and down, or Clarence W. Nick jumps up and down, or Minister Louis Farrakhan jumps up and down, or Yahweh Ben Yahweh jumps up and down, regardless of how many times black people jump up and down to make you see the white man don't love you. The white man loves his dog more than he loves you. Who can live under the 
to ultraviolet light causes more than half a million skin cancer cases each year. The number is expected to double by the year 2000. That's right. And you believe they came from other galaxies or they're extraterrestrials, <laughs> then why they can't get up there? Why they keep blowing up every time they try to get Right? Now, there's three domains we know about. Right? We know about the domain we're in. Then we know about the domain of Allah. And then we know about the domain of sin. If the domain of the law is up, because we say similarity, similarity, we give you up. And a dunya is here, the world. And the white man taught us that hell was below, Hades. He didn't come up. And he can't live here. Where is he from? Hell. 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 Then what is he? The devil. Yeah. <laughs> 
See, we have learned to live in a system of multiple choices. Look down at your shoes right now. Check them out. Sneakers or shoes, check them out. Trust me, I'm not going to do nothing. <laughs> you trust the white man and work for him seven days and hope he pays you on the eight. You give him the whole week without pressing him. Did you look at those shoes you have on? You brought those shoes, right? Or someone brought them for you. You may even went to a window where there was 50 pairs of shoes and said, I like those. <laughs> Give me those pair right there. Because they'll match my green dress. Yes? Did you decide on the shoes you wanted? Or was it multiple choice? Multiple choice. Tell me something, some decision you have made since you've been in slavery. <laughs> Please tell me once, you got a book, I guess I'm on television, you know what I'm tonight? One of these things on one of these channels. <laughs> what am I going to eat? Ain't y'all tired of chicken and lamb and rice and spaghetti and, all right? What, what, what are you going to eat tonight? One of the things you ate within the last year, only scrambled around. <laughs> Multiple choice. I'm making a point. The only decision you ever made on your own was when you decided to become a Muslim. You will admit, I'm a Christian because I was born one. <laughs> my mother and my father was a Christian. So I'm a Christian. I was, my mother was a Baptist. I'm a Baptist. That's how it goes. That's how it goes? <laughs> so your father become a lush, so you become a lush? <laughs> your mother's abused by your father, so you should automatically marry a husband who's going to abuse you. Your mother lives in a project, so you should, your, your greatest hope should be the project. Uh, you start your multiple choices again now in your way of life. Well, this I want from my mother, this I don't. This I want from my dad, this I don't. The only decision you ever make in your life is when you start making decisions that are not pre-programmed in the computer of the Western world for what you be. You understand that? And like your sister was asking, what, where, where is the help? What is the help? Atonement is the help. Atonement is it. You must sacrifice something. The brother should ask her, what are you willing to sacrifice to get relieved of the surroundings of the devil? But see, you want the devil to leave you alone, but you don't want to give up nothing. Right. So it means that the thing that's attracting the devil to you is still there. So if you want to get the devil off your back, then change the jacket.
We don't want to put what you're putting on television into our children anymore. So either give us some land of our own or let us go home. That's what Minister Farrakhan is talking about right now. And I can't say nothing about that. It's wrong. Give us some land of our own or let us go home. And do for us when we go home the same thing you do for Israel. Support us. Build our defense. Do the exact thing. Don't just throw us out. No, Daniel and Eva there and make a joke out of it. We ain't that stupid. <laughs> Don't you realize the reason why black people love you so much? Because they're smart enough not to leave you? Until they can stand on their own. They look like Tom. The brothers and sisters you don't like out there. He said, that nigga was a Tom. Look at him. He's towering up on the white people. He doesn't look smarter than you. You just don't see it that way. He's, I'm saying, real close to white, but white you got it all. <laughs> white people stay, and y'all eat the McDonald's and white cattle. <laughs> yes, white he produces the clothes, we buy it. White he produces the music, we listen to it. He produces television programs, we watch it. He subliminally brainwashes us to be what he wants us to be. So, when I see a black woman, I don't see beauty. I got to see a white woman to see beauty. You know, you know, a good brother, he means well, Eddie Murphy, he does a whole lecture, because that's what comedy is, a lecture. And he prefers, in his lecture in Princeton, Oprah, he puts second, and he puts Brooke Shields first. He said, well, but between Oprah and Brooke Shields, I'm sorry, Oprah, he thought he said something slick. Because he didn't put Oprah against Raphael. You know who that is, right? Eh? Another show host, Dallas. Oh, Dallas. Throw it on the fake face. Look like Michael Jackson's face. <laughs> he didn't put them together. He took one of the white women, the, the white man's best-looking white woman, and compared her to Oprah. She's all right. I mean, she ain't no Iman. <laughs> but in the family of looks, she gets about a four. <laughs> but when you compare the two, Notice that he compared a what they consider a glamorous white woman to a, a regular sister. Now, have you said, well, between Iman and Rochelle's Iman? <laughs> anyway, it goes. They have brainwashed you and me, and you know it's true, brothers. We don't know what beauty is no more. Right. Don't tell me beauty is in the eye of the hole. He said that too. <laughs> you don't know what beauty is because we don't see black women as pretty no more. That's why they got to, like the brother said, oh, they got to perm their hair and pluck their eyebrows and redraw them in and slant their face and sharpen their nose and paint their lips like they can see them. You have forced the woman to do that. Then you stand back and talk about it. You forced her to do it because when she walks by, you don't look. You when she walks by, you don't open the door. You're not kind. You're not respecting the black woman. But all white women walk by, niggas be jumping out the way. Not only in the South, right here. <laughs> I live here, South and the Caribbean. I see you talk all over the world. The white women smiling in their face. We got to re-educate that little boy there to what beauty is. And then if you don't know, look in the mirror. If you need a tape measure for your nose, carry one. 
But when you start looking in the mirror, man, and you look at your lips and your nose, and you start seeing these big lips and these big nose, and then look at a woman with a, a skinny nose and thin lips and say, that's pretty, what you say about yourself? Right. Like the comedian said this, three out of every three people, Right? Mm. <laughs> uh, every three people, two of them ugly, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so if you look on your right and left, and both of them are not ugly, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> but the sad part about it, who decided what was ugly? <laughs> Us or the white man? White, white, white. Why? Because he is Metro Golden Mayor. Isn't that a coincidence that the first ambassador of the state of Israel... Her name was? What a coincidence, Alex. Oh, man, I see you on Sunday. And she's responsible for Sambo and Angie Mama and Uncle Ben and Bo Jangle and Rochester. She's also responsible for Superman and Batman and Clark Gable. And what's the other one, the homo? trying to say. Now, I, I, if you Sunni Muslims are too stupid to see that, there's something seriously wrong with y'all. But get the difference in our doctrine and see what the man is trying to say and it makes sense. Because you are so busy badgering the Honorable Elijah Muhammad about Master Farah Muhammad, about who the devil is, that you wasn't listening to what he was saying and you sure didn't see what he did because you was here before the man. Before Elijah came, you were here. And you couldn't turn the hearts of the fathers toward their sons. That's right. right. Sunni Muslims were already in America before he came. And before Master Farad Muhammad came to him. They were already here. Mm. Please show me one of your mosques that you built. Not no white Arab came over here and built for you. Show me one mosque that orthodox Sunni Islam, dark-skinned people you have built. Show me a salam restaurant. Show me a newspaper, a series of books, a button. Show me something and let us know that you're here. Because what they did is they concentrated on you not being here. That's the pact the Arabs got with America. Don't turn our niggas into Muslims. Why don't they want you to become Muslim? Because being Muslim will be the first decision you ever make. And if you make that decision on your own, decision making is going to start being fun. Come on. <laughs> the first decision you're going to make is when you're going to say, That's going to be the first one. Then you're going to go to the prophet. You know why? Because you already read the Bible. Adams don't read the Bible. It's tampered with as far as they're concerned. They made it, they've got their own Quran, their own everything now. But you've read the Bible. So when they say prophet, you think, oh, Jesus, of course. Tell me about Jesus. They can't. 
You don't believe me? Next week, don't come here. Go visit Sunni Muslim mosques and ask them questions about Jesus. Say, excuse me, was Jesus crucified? Yes or no? They'll say, no. The Quran says that Jesus was not crucified. Nor did he hang on the cross. He was not killed. No, but it's only made to look that way. Well, okay, gotcha. Now I'll explain the story to you. I got that, and I got the Bible here. Now, you're going to have to tell me if this whole Bible is tangible to justify this one verse. You can't see the trick. The whole book got to be for this one verse, except for when you want to prove that the comforter is Muhammad. Then all of a sudden, there's verses in the Bible that are not tangible. Right. <laughs> Except the one you want to prove that there's certain verses in there that prove that Abraham and Ishmael, Dr. Uh, Jamal Buzzing said. When one reads the book of Genesis, when it says that God ordained Abraham to take his only son, Isaac. Isaac was never the only son. The one who was the only All of a sudden, the Bible ain't tampered with. I, I don't know. I heard that before. Somewhere, the Quran says that there are people like to pick and choose from our revelation. What's to say? When you say, well, walk with me through the scriptures. Walk, one, two, let's go. They cannot do it. Talk to them. Ask them, is Muhammad white or black? You know what they'll say to you? No, they'll say, that's not important. <laughs> that's not important whether he's white or black. Say, well, if it was not written in any hadith that he was white, then it wouldn't be important. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you didn't affix right rights to the Quran and explain them and say Muhammad was white, then it wouldn't be important. Because everybody would know he's black, but you can't produce nothing from white. <laughs> so he had the original man had to be black. That's a fact. But because you Sunnis got hadith saying Muhammad is white, literally, Bukhari, Tilmini, you got these books that you wrote with your own, written with your own hands. Ooh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a place in the Quran that says that men that write books with their own hands for Christ. So you ask, did the Prophet Muhammad write the Quran? Some scholars say yes. Some scholars say no. Some scholars say we don't know. <laughs> But they'll say, Jesus never wrote a book with his own hands. They're right. They're right. And the Quran confirms that Jesus never wrote a book with his own hands. Well, the Quran says what? What we gave to Jesus. Who gave it to Jesus? John gave it to Jesus. Because it says in the book of Revelation, this is a revelation which what? Allah gave unto Jesus to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent it, and he signified it by his servant, John. That's what he said, brother. Don't say, did Jesus write a scripture with his own hand? Because the Quran also confirms that Jesus was the word of Allah. Called him, Khalid, the word. But you took and called Moses the word. The Quran says Jesus is the word. But you ask the Muslim, what is Moses' secret name? They say, Khalid Muhammad. Show me that in the Quran, say. See, this is the answer creed. If I don't leave anything here, I want to leave with you the word, show me that. Right, right. That's what makes an answer, you know. That should make us different than every other group of Muslims out here. We're like, show me, man. <laughs> Got the Bible 
I said, show me. <laughs> I want to see where it says Jesus so-and-so. Well, it's in there somewhere. Well, you got things in there somewhere. When I talk about anything, show me what you're talking about. If you didn't have enough, if you didn't have enough faith to study the, that verse and a chapter, why is that even bother listening to you? Oh, wait, that sounds familiar. It's <laughs> a place in the crowd that there's people that are like you that carry books on their back. <laughs> why do they use a mule? Because you can't get any dumb ones <laughs> So when you go to a school, you must come and you say, well, um, I visited the answer. Stars will up. Those brothers are not Muslim. That man, that man says that he is Allah. See, that's called altering words. <laughs> Some of those who are Jews altered words from their places. I said, all of you are Allah. You are the original man, the Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet, the father of civilization, and God of the universe. When you were spirit, you were supreme. When you were seed, you were supreme. And now you are supreme. They call the Muhammad in the Quran. They say, created supreme in the Surah of the Ten. But <coughs> well, they will take and say, created great. Then say, what's the name Al-Aziz mean? Uh, mighty. Then what's the name Al-Muthakar? Uh, big. They keep jumping from great. Then why do you say, Allahu Akbar means Allah is great? <laughs> Show me the answer, please. Because we live by the word of Allah. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Right. Right. So when someone starts rattling on with their mouth, say, show me it in the words of the Lord. Wait a second. When I got this hadith that says, oh, don't go, don't let me do it. Oh, so the hadith is from Allah? Well, no, the hadith is a collection of men. No, no. Did this, did this, did this come down that night, laid out with the company? No. Then I don't want to hear it. Right. I'm not in a day and time to listen to it. I'm sorry, y'all Arabs just got rich. We're still poor. We don't have the time to be messing around. The whole world is succeeding except us, and we were the first ones here. So we must have been wrong. the exotic scent of the ancient musk that dwells freely in the mountainous regions of the Himalayas. Our exclusive scent of musk has been traditionally called mist. It is commonly known amongst the lineage of the prophets that the scents of rose, myrrh, frankincense, and musk stimulate good moods, good character, and generates a pleasant environment. Mahdi luxurious musk scent keeps the body at the peak of performance. Musk assures that musk the ingredients 
temper the body to give it that smoother, natural look that only your body deserves. You owe it to yourself to look good with decently products. So be good to your body, and your body will look good to you. Available in your neighborhood at your nearest chance to keep up. Don't let the man trick you. See, we started red, black, and green way back in Marcus Garvey's time. Right? They didn't tell you that that same red, black, and green that Marcus Garvey used there. He got from a Sudanese called Dus Muhammadu Ali. He didn't tell you that. It's history. It's in the books. And he was a Sudanese who he met in Egypt. You know about that. Now, he's a Sudanese, and back then, the flag of the Sudan was the Mahdi flag. This flag right here. This flag right here was the flag of the Mahdi. You see that? You think that this is a coincidence? That this flag happens to have the same colors that Marcus Dabi happened to get from a man he happened to meet from the Sudan who happened to be in Egypt at the time? <laughs> Does it seem like it? No. But see, the devil gets in again. He moved the black and put it where the red is. Imagine that man over there, alayhi salam, he purposely put the black on top. Because the black represented us. The red represents blood. And it says, red, black, and green means you plan to bleed again. <laughs> Maggie said, no, no, no. I'm coming in the name of Allah. And we will not bleed again. And the British came out against them. The Turks came out against them. Egyptian, a little band of men, a, little, a small group of desert people, no weapons, but faith that has the power to move mountains is all they had. And they stood behind the Mahdi, alayhi salam. And they rose that flag. And they conquered. So here we again, we rose the flag, and now all of a sudden things are happening in America. So they ease in the Jamaican flag. They ease in the red, black, and green flag. They ease, they start even in the Ethiopian flag. It's trick again. Right. The white man don't care nothing about you. He'll right. take your life and drink a cup of coffee on it. Right. You don't believe me? Ask the Japanese. Ask the Vietnamese. He'll wipe you out without acts of Panamanian. Yeah, he only told you about a portion of the death that took over there, took place. He didn't tell you that was an all-black neighborhood today, bomb. He had a whole lot of stuff out of that dialogue, which is true. They know what they're doing. You think AIDS is an accident system? AIDS is a form of germ warfare. This disease will kill more people this year than all other viral diseases combined. According to Dr. Robert Strecker, AIDS is a man-made, genetically engineered virus that was either accidentally or deliberately introduced into the world's population. Nobody dies of AIDS. They die from their immune system breaking down, and whatever disease is there attacks them and kills them. Right. So tell me how many cures they're going to need. How many cures? Because if each one of y'all gets AIDS, you're going to die for a different reason. So your cure is different than your cure and your cure. And the white man ain't going to spend that money trying to do that. He's doing another thing. He's spending the money trying to get out of here and leave you with the disease. He think he's shooting up his face shuttle for? You know, he wants to go up there and live. And he did all that. He destroyed the planet. He destroyed the ozone. You make, you make any spray cans? What else old cans you ever made? 
spray what? Spray hair sheet or afro sheet and spray down by black people where they ain't created a thing here. We're not responsible for the diseases. But he will leave you here to die. And your preacher don't know that. Because he's so busy saying Jesus is going to come and save us. Jesus, we waited 379 years for this fruit, God. Where was he in Georgia when the crackers burnt up, blew up that church in the little kitchen? Yeah. Where is he? If he's there to help, where is he? Where is the spook God y'all been waiting for? We've been waiting with you. Every now and then. <laughs> Every now and then. You know what y'all do? Y'all lie and fool the world and say, there's a cross out from the breeze to the sky. There's a big cross. That means Christ is coming. You remember that? Yeah. And all the Christians are marching out the queen and looking. Oh my God, Christ is going to come. That told them, Muslims. Yeah. Told them, everybody. It's all over. Salvation is coming. When they find out, the little kid is flying. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, oh, we have found the actual shroud of Christ. The actual burial cloth. He left his spiritual impression on it. He left his impression on the cloth he went through. But he had to move a rock to get out the gate. <laughs> That's the side point. He <laughs> found his trial. And his trial means, yes, Christ did die on the cross our sins, so he is coming back. I don't see the equation of finishing, but because he died on the cross our sins, and he left his expression, here he is, they went and made a picture of him, he had long blonde hair, they, they you know, they x-rayed it, they hologrammed it, and they said, this is Christ. Then somebody found out that someone made it in the 14th century. So artists made the shroud. All the Christians went, How many more? There was a statue in Rio de Janeiro of all places. They cried. All the Christians ran over there, they didn't take it to the floor there to see Mary cry. If, I think, please.
the prophet Muhammad through the angel Gabriel. And it's the last revelation ever revealed to the prophet Muhammad. The very last thing said to prophet Muhammad of 1400 years ago. I'm not talking about the apostle or the messenger Elijah Muhammad, who's after him. And people say, what? Did that man just say what I think he said? Did he just say that Elijah Muhammad was a messenger? The Quran says so. Holy Quran, 33rd chapter, verse 40, that Muhammad is the seal of the prophet. He is merely an apostle, an apostle, and the seal of the prophet. It doesn't say the seal of the apostle. But they'll get that into He's the seal of both. And kill you like they did with Shah Khalifa if you say other than that. Right, that's right. Yeah, right. Come on with it. Come on with it. See, Allah raised up a different kind of nigga now. <laughs> 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 I heard the message said once, me and Allah Muhammad, don't be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Louis Farrakhan said the white man had a gun to Allah Muhammad said, hey, once he said, nigga, I should blow your brains out. Right. He does you can't do it. Only if Allah wills it, will it happen. White man put his gun in his pocket. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's faith, right? You got that kind of faith? You think you can stand up? Jesus didn't have it. But when Jesus got ready to put the body, he said, oh, my father, it would be possible. <laughs> Let this cup pass by me. Ain't that what he said? He told me that, oh, God, my spirit is ruling, but the body is weak. But you Christians keep telling us it ain't about his body. It's all about his spirit. Jesus identified with the boat, whatever he's saying. Spiritually, I'm down. <laughs> you know what you, you know what your spirit thing, you know, walking to the valley, the shadows, and all that stuff. I'm with you, but he's nailed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is, there, is there another folk sort of thing? We just know the way. Were you not 
mentally dead? Did you know who you were before the online mama taught? Like I said, Sunnis had already been here and taught nothing we could see or understand. And Clarence 13 next got his teaching from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Yes or no? Yes. Malcolm X was a serious speaker. Then he went a little off. Serious speaker, where did he get his thoughts from? Uh, I remember clearly when Wurfi Muhammad in 1975 became the leader of the nation of Islam. Yes. Proclaimed himself the president. Right. We are one body. But God has manifested that we, under the leadership of Muhammad Elijah Muhammad, are the divine body that God wants the world to see today. That's an old man. His father's son is tight. <laughs> <laughs> right? His father's son is tight. <laughs> but somewhere along the line, he made too many trips to Saudi Arabia like Malcolm did. <laughs> Where in the Quran did you find a hint that it would be possible for white persons to join the nation of Islam in this country? Because in 1960, as I recall, it was open exclusively to blacks, not yes. to whites. The language of the Quran concerning the family of man is very much like the language of the Bible. Uh, it's not a hint. It's just plain language. It says that God... Uh, made you from Adam, your father Adam. And the Quran says also that uh, man is one human, one family. Shock. The devil can be reformed. Let him in the mind. Three minutes. What does the lesson say? Can the devil be reformed? Who really cares? Save the world in despair. Inflammation versus misinformation were recorded from classes given this year by Dr. Malachi York, known to us as the Supreme Grandmaster Naya Malachi Zodak L, Aaron Farrell, Amanubi Ruakatar. And now, listen with an open mind and heart as our Grandmaster inflames you with only the truth. Allow your inner light to flow again and stop out misinformation with only the facts. And now, listen to the Supreme Grandmaster Naya Malachi Zodak L. Of evil. A snake was not a symbol of evil in our culture. 
This was put together by those who grafted the Bible and turned the word Nakash into serpent when the word Nakash simply means whisperer. Just like the Muslims grafted the word Hanas from the word Nakash. And it would have been too broad to say anybody that whispers of the devil. You follow, especially in the lodge where people whisper in each other's ear the secret words. That whispering transaction of the, of the master mason to the fellow craft would be interpreted by some critics, some critics in the Christian belief as, if they understood the Bible, as a form of serpent activity because the serpent is supposed to have a history. So, so what happened is they had to change it from whisperer to snake. And then, of course, they supported with on his belly shall he go. But for the rest of the days, but they keep it hidden. That's an that's a, uh, admission that he was on on his feet first. And they don't have on their record in their history of period of time when snakes were walking. Though they go back to Babylon, Kenan, and they see on the wall a picture of a, a serpent with legs. But that period is called prehistory. So he only deals with history. Those things that happen on this side of things. So it was, it was considered a symbol of um, power and authority in ancient uh, Egypt, right? Yeah, in the back. Should be hard to hear you, but I'm going to try. It Says the Lord. And if you think of how God 
Yahweh, Elohim, settled, Allah, how would he take vengeance? I'm saying he because that's the term they use. There's no he or she involved in nature. If Allah, but how would he or she take vengeance on mortals? Can anybody tell me? What would be the, what would be the tools that the Most High would use to affect mortals? Say again? All you got to do is open your book in the Christian Bible to Matthew 24. And it tell you about pestilence and plague and disease. They tell you about earthquakes. The Quran speaks about Zizel, the shaking of the earth, the Aviat, the riding form of the horsemen. All through history, they keep saying that when this Most High power decides to take vengeance on mortals, they tell you it's going to be through nature. And now that we're living in a day of that great and dreadful day of the Lord, everybody is asking the same question. What's going on? Well, what do you expect God to do? You expect God to do what Christians, after Jesus, had already left, started teaching. See, they were, they, what they were doing, they were creating the expectation philosophy. The expectation philosophy breeds people not hitting up and making things happen right now. Islam teaches it, Judaism teaches it, and Christianity teaches it. Expectation philosophy is I am expecting my Lord and Jesus Christ to come one day and solve all the problems. So meanwhile, you can keep me in the bus. I'll just turn the other cheek. Muslims are saying, Elijah not for the law, he was right. One day this help from Allah is going to come, and that's going to be our victory. You see the expectation philosophy. Unrealistic. And now that the power of nature, of which all of them agree, has something to do with the creation of human beings insofar as they'll say in Islam, well, man was created from mud. Correct? Or dust. That's earth. There's no place on the planet Earth where you can walk over and grab a handful of dirt, put it under a microscope, and not already find living bacteria. There's no place where you can find dust and put it under a microscope and not find living bacteria. So according to the Muslim world and the Christian world, when God created man from the dust of the ground or from the mud of the earth, God wasn't creating the life. God was creating the body. The life was already there in the dust and the mud. Because again, I say, there's no place on the planet where you can grab a handful of dirt and put it up under a mic and you won't find some type of living bacteria. Even 6,000 years ago. Or better yet, 4,004, which is the Christian calendar calculation. If I'm saying life was already there, who put that there? Who created that form of life? What they're saying is shaped and formed, fashioned and shaped, man or mortal of the dust or mud of the ground. But the life was already in it. That is working with nature. That nature had already provided life in the mud. Life is in the water. There's no water anywhere where you can put a scoop of water, take it and put it under a microscope. What will you see? You'll see life again. So if God took the dirt and the water, life and life, water, female, earth, man, that's why earth in the Bible called Adama, male. Male and female created he, them. Woman is the water, man is the earth. They got it backwards. Put them together and form mud. Two forms of life came together there. Or two, two forms of matter 
that contain life were brought together for a greater purpose. You follow that? That was nature at work. They can say or imply that a God reached down and did it with his own hands, they feel like. But then we'll get into it. He had hands. <laughs> well, no, he didn't have hands. Um, he just willed it into happening. He thought it, and the mud came together and started shaping. So he had a preconception of what it would be shaped like. He has a mind. Um, no, see, God don't have to do that. See, God could just imagine things like kun, by a kun, think, and into existence they come. So he thinks that. So if he has to stop to think, there's a point when he's not thinking. If he had to think of the kind, the idea of creating a human being, he had to say, I'm going to let us make a man. So what was he thinking the day before that? <laughs> what was he thinking before he thought of creating man on behalf of mortals, I mean? Was he just there by himself? <laughs> if nobody else was there with you, what would you be thinking about? If none of the things you understand or understand have been created yet, what would you reflect on? Could you have an active subconscious mind? You understand? Could you have an active subconscious mind? A subconscious mind is when you store information. Could you have an active subconscious mind to store information before information was formed? With me? What, is, what was this God doing? What was the loss of one of what God was doing before he said, let us talk now, Ellen Sanderman, whatever. But then Quran changes what means smart, men is clay, then it's men, then water, then it's from a some single male and female, then it's from a cloud and dead of it, whatever, whatever. Whatever prophet or poet wrote it. What was he thinking? Or what was he discussing with his wife the night before? Oh, I forgot. He doesn't have a wife. And he doesn't have any children. So he was sitting somewhere with his hands. <laughs> it had nothing to do with the hand. So he said to himself, let up. <laughs> Holding up his hand and creating his own trinity. Let up. Me, you, you, and me. Make a man. In our image, in our likeness, and he's going to take the mud and then this. And he blew into man, the breath of life, and man jumped up, a living soul. <laughs> How long? How long are we going to be believing this crap? When are you going to give this back to him and laugh and say, nice, who's coming? <laughs> Just like you give, go back to the video store and you turn back in videos, it's time to turn back in the video called His Story. Say yeah. it was a nice story. Thank you. I rented this video. I took it home. We watched it. It impressed me. I had moments in it where I believed it. It ended. The time he came up here. Because as the sisters asked me, what about all these tornadoes they say? Because their book of Revelation didn't tell them about that. Their book of Revelation tells them, wait for the craft to come. What about the people that are getting whipped up by nature right now before Jesus gets back? They go to church Sunday faithfully. But tornadoes don't fix Friday nights to come. 
It's happening all over the world. They're flooding in London. They're flooding in Germany. They're flooding the tornadoes. The volcano that's been dormant for thousands of years just erupted. They didn't prepare us for that. But have you noticed that it has not really affected us? Right. If we are where we're supposed to be, it wouldn't be bothering us. If we were, if we are in the wrong environment at the wrong time with the wrong people, I don't care whether it's a bus, truck, or plane. I was talking to a lady yesterday in the store, and I said, I don't know about all this flying, because, you know, nine planes came down last week alone. She said, hell, the plane could have fell on somebody who was on the ground. I said, that's true. <laughs> and then I pointed to, like, you don't have to be in a plane to die. What about the people that was on the ground when the plane came down? I said, that's the reality of it. That's true. So nature is doing this. You know why? Because it's our time. We should not be worried. Rain, most of y'all would have kept sitting here. And we're going to start smelling like dogs either. Let <laughs> <laughs> me give them a drip. It's our time. We work with nature. With me? The Bible, the Quran, and all of those silly little books, that video we rented from them. Some 2,000 years ago, we, we got to went to the store and said, yo, can I get that video on uh, a white dog who came to earth to save everybody? We took that video home called a video called Our Lord Jesus Christ. We popped it into the, into the video recorder of our heart. And we sat there and we absorbed that crap and we've been waiting ever since. If you're a Christian, you're saying, you shouldn't be talking about us like that. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about fools. And you're the fool. You wouldn't be good there. You came out here to find out what about that video, Jesus Christ. A whole bunch of Muslims popped in a video called Muhammad the Arabian Prophet is the answer to all the Negroes' problems. They slide that video in their heart. A whole bunch of Hebrew Israelites in Israelite church took another one and said, We are the children of Israel, and Yahweh is the answer to all the Negroes' problems. And they split that video inside their chest. But the video ends. But time don't. Christianity is going out. Islam is failing. You with me? Judaism is gone. But time hasn't. And we have withstood all the crap. And now we're saying, okay, tell us the truth. Movie's over. Tonight's movie had a little drama, had some lust in it. Read the Bible. It's it's got sex, it's got what? Violence, it's got all the things a good movie has, any Steven Spielberg it does. But it's over. It doesn't apply to us no more. And now Mother Nature is showing everybody on the planet who's the boss. Yeah. The baddest military in the world. They couldn't do nothing about them tornadoes. They went through military bases flipping planes. Whether it's in China, they think they're sophisticated, or Russia, who thought they were sophisticated, or America, who thought they had sophisticated military capability. Mother Nature goes to airports with tornadoes and flips over planes, topples boats, or, or massive ships. People are walking around the street now thinking they did not have the answer to any force other than themselves. When they got fed up with the God principle, they went into the self principle. But a force steps in and says, you may have given that video back on Jesus Christ, that video back on the Muhammad crap, 
but you still got to deal with the breath of life. You follow that? And, and what do they do? They remind you that you ain't as bad as you think you are. Because you worry. You worry your house might be next. And all the crosses and the crescents and all the Korans and the Bibles in them houses, churches be getting snatched up by nature. Nature don't come down the block and look at the Baptist or the Pentecostal church and say, well, I'm just going to leave that one alone. Nature come down the street, knocks up churches, bars, discos, health bars, hospitals. Nature doesn't respect crap. Nature only respects Nature when it responds. And we're in the same time where they're trying to suppress the reality that nature is at work. And there is no more room for the crap, the tribute, or the silly religion of expectation. You know how long you've been waiting for Jesus? Everybody here has a relative. More than likely, that belongs to one of the mono, mono, God of ignorance and arrogance, if you look it up. One of the monotheists, the Greek pluralization for God, theory. One of the monotheistic religions. Your grandmother or great-grandmother believed that Jesus was going to come save her. I remember hearing Herbert W. Armstrong on television, the plain truth, say, I know I'm going to live to see Christ return. He's dead. You didn't see his kind of Christ come. The kind of Christ Christianity is looking for. This is the expectation religion. You understand what I'm saying? I want you all to get that in your head so you can kick it back out there. You got to sitting around in the world of illusion. Muslims, in mob, making salah, a victim to Allah. <laughs> Every now and then, it's my Still, they go to Mecca and die. Still, they plan a plan. They plan a plan, and Jesus plans a plan, and Jesus is the best of plans. Insofar as the plans that the Arabs had in New York last week to blow up the buildings was a properly right blocked by Christians. Christian FBI ran in and shot two Muslims up and stopped them from doing their bombing in the name of Ismail Lahi. Is that right? Without the media? Are them niggas laying up in the hospital with bullet holes in them? Did the bombing stop? So instead of saying they plan a plan and Allah plans a plan and Allah is the best of planets, you got to change that around now. You got to say, we plan a plan. <laughs> And the FBI planned the plan, and the FBI was the best of planet. The FBI is more powerful than the law, because the Muslims did not succeed. If they were moving in the name of an all-powerful, unstoppable God, could anybody have stopped them? No. Would the old Sheikh be in jail doing life if he was following his God, and his God was a good God and a powerful, all-knowing God? Would his blood be in jail doing life in America in a Christian jail? Would his, would his, I his fallen be in jail? Hello? You know, not. Hello, wake up, Muslims. Your God is dead. Your God does not respond to you. You get no help. There's no Nasser law anymore. 
Now, if you pick up the Holy Quran and you start to read it, you might hear Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make you feel good. That he got help from Allah. When did it stop? You know what I'm saying? If you read the Islamic studies theater, histories of Islam, and take it all out, you go back uh, 1400 years ago, and the Prophet Muhammad, according to their writings, got help from Allah against his enemies. Right? When did it stop? Why is Lebanon a parking lot now? Lebanon was an Islamic country with some Christians in it. They fought the Christians, they lost. Islam is, I mean, Lebanon's a parking lot. When was the help? And Muhammad's answer was, in the Nasrullahi Khalifa. Surely the help of Allah is there. Well, it wasn't nowhere near Iraq when Saddam Hussein, who is a Muslim, was fighting against the Christian world, the U.S. of AIDS. Where was the law? And when Kuwait was getting ready to get attacked by Saddam, the, the Muslims in Kuwait did not run into the mosque and fall. No, they didn't know the law. And then they were like, Allah, 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 please call America, please. And Kuwait called in the American forces to go in, you with me, to stop the Muslims from Iraq from attacking Kuwait. They didn't call on Allah to come away. I'm going to win. The Saudi Arabians, they didn't call on Allah. Who they called on? America. American troops is over there teaching them how to fight. I thought, I thought, I don't know, you know. I thought the Quran said when a Muslim is in distress in battle, Allah sends help from heaven. Angels are supposed to come down to help you. Unless you try to tell me it's American forces over there, not angels. I don't understand why you Muslims are depending on American forces when you support these ones, by the way, let me add. Alcohol drinking ones. Because Saudi Arabia has to put aside a certain neighborhood in Saudi Arabia just for the alcohol drinking, pork eating, naked dressing Americans over there. Where is the help? Hello. You mean you said, when did it stop? I'll tell you when it stopped. It stopped, stopped right after Ba'adur Rasulullah. Right after the Prophet Muhammad. When they suppressed the family of Ali. When they suppressed his daughter Fatima. When they toppled pure Islam and they introduced this crap that they're shoving down your throat today called Sunni and Shia and Ahmadi and all this other crap. When Islam and its pristine purity was destroyed. Before it was a religion, when it was still a way of life. When it was sent as a salvation to a backward people in Arabia. You understand? When Muhammad was raised up amongst them to save them, speaking their tongues, receiving a book in their language for them to pull them on up into the future. That's when it was pure. But it stopped the moment the desert Arabs got involved. And when you look on television and you see word of the Muhammad, I know you love him. I love him too. He's my brother, but he's from Jew. He got hit in the head with a rock call. I ain't got no sense. <laughs> He's always, and almost all of you Muslims out here, are always surrounding yourself with desert Arabs. 
I don't never see Worf D. Muhammad. I don't never see Minister Louis Farrakhan around no Nigerian Muslims. Or no Muslims from Somali. Or no Muslims from Sudan. Or no Muslims from Ghana. Or no Muslims from Senegal. Or no Muslims from France. They're always around Pakistanians, Saudi Arabians. A whole bunch of what the Quran told them to watch out for. El Arab. Desert Arabs, they call the Muslims separate. And when we as Anthos refuse to sit down at the table with them and do what Farrakhan just did, you understand? I refuse to let them come to me and put a turban on me about my way of life. So get out of my face, jump. <laughs> I had Islam before you knew what Islam was. Before Muhammad was born, we had Islam. You know what I'm saying? Now you're going to come and try to ask me why well, I want to join the Islamic Council with a bunch of confused al Arab, a bunch of hadith following folks. And I had to answer, I said, hell no. You got to go. And Muslims, black skin, woolly head, picky head, fuck we ass niggas with ears on, got mad at me because I don't want to kiss no Arab butt. Then I must not, he must not be a Muslim. He ain't want a whole ass all, he's a pope all. They all live in my private life. But I don't want to fall in the trains. I said, I'm hanging out with Sudan. And I picked Sudan over Nigeria because I can overlay this cloud in Sudan. And everybody here put nappy hair, the wavy hair, the light skin, the dark skin, the long nose, the wide nose, the brown, the black, the baby colored skin would fit in Sudan without any racial problems. Unfortunately, if you went to Nigeria, some of y'all, they'd be saying, you look, you look Nigerian. Others, they'll be saying, what are you? But almost most of y'all got mistaken as a Sudanese, as an Amazon. People say, are you Sudanese? Tell us you where you had roots. Now, they didn't say roots, I said roots. <laughs> so, when did they lose the power? They, lose, they lost the power when they suppressed us. When they caused Fatima her life. When they sought out to kill Hassan and Hussein, the sons of Ali and Fatima, and to kill the Prophet's family. That's when they lost it. And the fools that are in Islam now are demons. When did Christianity lose its power? When Paul went and followed Jesus' disciples. Women? When he fabricated his own doctrine. When Paul was self-acclaimed disciple while walking on the roadside by himself, said, I had a vision. And Jesus said, Saul, Saul. But he proceeded to call himself Paul. You tell me that God, the Son of God, talk to me, the Son of God in flesh called you Saul. But you call yourself Paul? If God called me Banana Head, my new name would become Banana Head, and I'd be proud of it. But Paul says he met Jesus on the roadside, so it could not be confirmed by the special disciples of Jesus, only by a handful of people who wanted to listen to Paul. They lied on Jesus. Where did it go back? When the Romans, equivalent to El Arab, the desert Arab, 
got into that religion, which was not Christianity. There's no such word as Christianity. Jesus never heard the word before in his life. Christians are being taught in church to call on somebody who would not respond. The boy's name was Yeshua. Yeshua Bar El. With me. And that L is on the end of Gabriel, making him a more. <laughs> he would have never known who you were talking about. So that's where that died. But now, these videos you telling us are rewritten stories that I'm supposed to accept on what you call faith and live in a world of expectation until I die. Jesus is coming. My grandmother said Jesus is coming. My great-grandmother said Jesus is coming. And on the other side of my family, there were Muslims, and they were saying the same thing about the Mahdi and the Messiah, the Messiah. He's coming. Generations passed, and he did not come. Believe you me, the fools in church right now saying, today on Sunday, Jesus is coming. They still believe it. Jesus said to in St. John, you see me in a little while. We're 2,000 years away. Jesus' concept of a little while in most people is real different. <laughs> Muhammad says, surely the help is near. In the mouth of Allah, he's called even. Surely the help is near. Muhammad said that 1,400 years ago. Muslims are still getting beat up, starving. Christians are starving. They want to hide Jimmy Swagger. Now you ain't hiding Jimmy Swagger. Pull Jimmy Swagger about up here so we can talk about him. Jimmy Swagger had a whole population of us believing that he was right. Jimmy Swagger had his hand in somebody's pocket swagging the stuff out. He got caught in a hotel with some old girl. Now you want to hide that that's Christianity. Jim Baker, another one. You better with me? You want to hide that Jim Baker was all homosexual Stealing money from people in the name of the Lord. All I'm saying is, why should I trust you now? Why should I trust any more of you? You understand? Farrakhan changed a million man march into a million dollar march. Sticking the money in his pocket. Why should I trust Farrakhan? I can't question him. I can't question your preacher without you getting mad at me. Let me ask your friend, your minister, some questions. To see how he handles it. You want me to ask you a good question? Want something new? Let's do it, huh? Let's do it. Here's a new one for you. That's Christian, that's you. I know you recognize that as Ham. Right? I know you recognize this one. As Mizraim. Who was Ham in the Bible and who was Mizraim in the Bible? Talk to me. Huh? That's right. Sons of Noah, according to the Bible, there was a great flood, and the whole world, except for Noah and his family, was destroyed, drowned. Is that correct? Everybody on the planet Earth was drowned in Noah's time. This is what your religion teaches you. Walking. All right. Now, Noah, as they say, became the father of Shem, Ham, and Jephthah, three sons. Right? 
After the flood, there should be nobody on the planet now but him and his family. I want you to get that in your head now. Everything else is dead. Ground. No more civilizations, no civilization, nothing. Okay? This man North son Ham with the Egyptologists. Ham with the Egyptologists who think they know what they're talking about in America are calling chemists. Or chemists or chemists or chemistry. You with me? Yeah, right. It's just one of the sons of North. Right. And I let son make it this I am, who becomes known in a, in a Egypt. Mithraim in the Bible, in the Christian Bible, look at any strong, concordant type of um, Egypt, and you'll see the word Mithraim. And Mithraim is one of the sons of the sons of North. And nobody's on the planet before them. You with me? Then we go to Genesis chapter 10 and walk Genesis chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12, and you're going to find out that there were seven generations of people between Mithraim and Amerigo Killer was the patriarch of their religious, they say, Abraham didn't know nothing about Christianity or Islam. His name was Abraham. Killer was the father of Abraham. Are you with me? Only seven people lived between Mithraim, who was a part of a family that landed out in the ark on Mount Ararat over in Turkey. No plane, no train, no car, foot, camels and donkeys is the way they traveled back then. I lived there. You just believe it. They had to travel from Turkey all the way to a place that did not exist if the flood really took place and everybody who was on the planet was dead, right? So they went over to a place that didn't exist and a boy named Mithraim was a descendant from him, settled over there and it became known as Egypt. Which they say in the Bible is Mithraim or Muslims say Muslim. You with me? Seven people. Look at yourself. Your mother, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your great-great-grandmother, and your great-great-great-grandmother, seven people back. Go back from Tyra to Mithraim, which usually comes out to be six people. Now, Abraham, the son of Tyra, travels eastward on a journey, the Bible says, with it, and goes into the land of Egypt. And on his way in there, the encounter of Pharaoh was great power. Yeah? A great power of Pharaoh was living in Egypt when Abraham got there who wanted to take Abraham's wife. Wanted to take Abraham's wife. And Abraham gave him up because, gave her up because he was a punk. Because he was a chump. That's the only reason why he gave his wife up because he was a punk. You understand? I believe it. Real is real. But let's get back to that. <laughs> so seven people from Mithraim, and Mithraim was the first there after the flood, and he set up the whole empire of all of Egypt and his 36 dynasties, built all the pyramids and the things, all the obelisks, all the pylons and bowels and fell, and all the different clothes, the designs, the concepts that they do not find in Israel, they do not find in Noah's time, the whole thing of Egypt, chemistry, alchemy, Egypt, all that. 
this big empire was so powerful that a, a Hebrew prophet had to humble himself before those people. You get where I'm going? There ain't no way in the hell. They could have built the place Egypt with seven families. No way possible. Somebody's lying. Either the Abraham story going down there to lie, or there is no or there is no Egypt. Now, I know there's an Egypt because I can go to Egypt and see Egypt. I can't go to Abraham and see Abraham. I can't go there. But I can go see Egypt and on the walls of Egypt, I'll see you. You with me? In your Bible, your God acknowledges the greatness of Egypt. But your God sent the greatest of you to Egypt for protection. He sent Jesus there. And said, Jesus, go down there in Egypt and stay there until Herod is dead. He said, the best of the human beings, according to you, Christians, amongst us, pagans, for Satan. Abraham went down there because the land that was supposed to be sown with milk and honey that his God told him would be an everlasting covenant in that land. The everlasting must have went void. And God must have lost control of the elements because a famine came into a land that was supposed to be an everlasting covenant and a land flowing milk and honey called the land of Canaan. And it got cut off. Read the Bible. And then their God tells them, go down to the pagans in Egypt, Abraham, because they had. With me, Moses, the father, the literate or the scholar or the, the recorder of the records of the law called the Torah was born and reared in Egypt, educated until he was 40 years old in Egypt. Their God, who controls all things, put the man who was to write their scripture not in a Hebrew environment, but in an Egyptian environment. So he can come out of the Egyptian book of the dead and write his poem to guide his people. Why? Because if it's true that Mithraim was the son of North, then Mithraim was also an original Hebrew according to your doctrine, which is wrong, but there was no such thing as Hebrew yet. So when Abraham went to Egypt, he was not going to see a new people. He was going amongst his uncle's people. There was no new religion. The people of North forgot the religion. Obviously, Mithraim picked up and migrated and took all of the customs of Israel, before it was called Israel, of the Hebrews, before it was called Hebrews, and set up the land of Mithraim. And the people who lived in Babylon under Babylonians calling themselves Israelites lost the law and lost the honor of the company and lost their dress code. When you see a Muslim woman with a headpiece on and you look at the Egyptian statues of a Nemuz, we call it, it's the same headpiece. You hear me? Somebody did something. When you jump down, way down to Christianity, and you speak about the resurrection of Christ, raising him from the dead, bringing him back to life, you go to Egypt and you'll find what? The breaking of the mouth of the 
ceremony performed on all of the pharaohs that were gone after they were dead. When the Orion star made a 70-day travel around, when it rose again on the horizon, the sun resurrects the Horus, 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 horoscope. The Greek word Horus for sun in the Bible. When that sun rose, then the Pharaoh was taken and put in his turban and lifted, and his mouth was opened. So that the light from that star could reanimate his body, and he was considered being transported from, from death back to life. This is in Egyptian writing, predating Christianity. So what is, he's a human god that walked the earth, he died. They have a massive ceremony that put him inside a sarcophagus, which is a permit or two, and then they resurrect him back to life for eternity. That's what they promised you in Christianity. You understand? That was copied out of our book. The whole concept of the resurrection or the coming of God is no more in. The horizon, the sun, the sun rises, and the sun sets. You use the word set for sunset, and it just happens to be the deity of night in Egypt. The brother of Osiris or Uthir. It just happens to be sunset. You borrowed it from ancient Egypt. And when that sun when that sun comes over the horizon, you see the light of the sun travel across the water. With that, if you were there in the morning, and you can watch the sun come up over the water. You see the light of the sun move right across the water. Right? The sun of God walks the water. You copy that from us. Joseph, flavored diesel. Some say flatter. Some flatter stuff. He wrote plays based on our story and wrote it into his story. You with me? His story is based on life. Our story is based on darkness. But it made you think that the devil was in darkness and that God was in light. When in actuality, if God said, let there be light, then God had to have been in darkness to cut the light off. So darkness had to be there first. I'm not talking about racist people. Don't talk back and talk about that. I'm talking about darkness. I'm talking about some kids that got hurt. I'm talking about how when you go to your house tonight, women, and you get ready to go to sleep, and the television is playing or the record player is playing and someone's in the back eating and laughing and joking. And you go in the room and you say, could y'all give me a favor, man? Could y'all quiet down a little bit? Because I'm about to go to. And then I go in my room and my room is full of my stuff <laughs> surrounding me, colorful things, memorable things. I must do what? I must cut off the light to bring that place to a peaceful, blissful, tranquil environment. I 
must get back into the darkness before I go to sleep. And maybe I can't sleep with the light on. You have to turn it off. Well, the devil, Belzebub, as some call him, Suen, Shaitan, Hakatan, Satan, Diablo, they got all kinds of names for him. Diabolus, Apollos, whatever all the names they can figure up to call somebody who doesn't cooperate with them. Has been ruling the day in chaos. And now the night is coming for a new sun cycle. You follow that? And everybody knows, everybody can feel that something is happening in the world. All over the world. Somebody up there saying, keep the planes out my sky. If I wanted y'all to fly, I would give y'all wings. Now, he's so compassionate to search. He doesn't kill everybody that goes up, but there's not a place on the planet where a plane has gone up where somebody didn't crash. But we're so dumb, we bungee jump even after the Lord fall. <laughs> so people are still flying. Both are sinking. So now, because that's not affecting you, the powers of the ancestors, the ancient ones, are now moving inland and knocking on your door. And houses are floating away. Not houses in ghettos only. Mansions are rolling down the hill. Rich people who thought they had it together. They're watching their house float away. Watching, they're watching everything that they thought was important in this world. All the mundane, all the material things float down the road under the power of nature. Because those people that rule are unjust. They are unfair. They don't play fair. And have put most people in a position where there's nothing you can do about it as an individual. You understand? You're caught or locked in a system where you click on a television and they program you with programs. You understand? You got some tape or some samples already stored inside the tape recorder before you put the disc in. So forces of nature have to step in on the part of those that want to do right. And they'll start making you feel good. All the new age people. What is a new age thing? It means they're fed up with the old damn age. They're fed up with that crap. They're fed up with trusting our, our politicians. We're trusting our leaders and our preachers. We're fed up with that crap. All we want to hell to do is get along. Half of the white people didn't like what happened to Rodney King. And half of the black people like myself knew, knew old day was guilty. But could we sit down and all have that kind of intelligence and meet? No, because we don't control the media. Those who want to control our emotions control the media. And they wanted to make you think that all black people were for OJ killing those people. You follow that? And make us think that all white people were for those handful of cops beating up Rodney King. And that's keeping things the way they want. That's business. That's the devil at work. You hear me? But how long? How long? Nature is stepping in and kicking ass. Nature is mopping this place up. Everybody knows they set something. But they come out here and say to us, we hear that your leader teaches 
that y'all believe that a craft is going to come out the sky and save y'all. Do y'all? I got, I'm crazy for that. Oh, in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, it goes, <laughs> and it says, there's only a ship coming out the sky, and Jesus is in the ship. This ship has doors in it, floors in it. It has doors with people's name, like it's a fiesta. All the disciples got their private room in this room, in this Bristol city, with their name on the door. It says it's coming down out of heaven. A crash. Nobody's running up there. Billy Graham is saying, Billy O. Graham. <laughs> oh, Billy Graham. Or Reverend Price. Ain't that a name for a preacher, Reverend Price? <laughs> that alone was like me. I know that I know that everyone's price has got something to do with money. But oh, Reverend Price, do you believe in the Bible? Yes or no? I don't want no philosophy. I don't want no fear, no interpretation. I want to know. Do you believe in the Bible, the Word of God, from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation? Do you or don't you believe in the Bible? That's all I want to know. <laughs> you got the Bible up, you beat me with the Bible, I go to jail, you make me put my hand on the Bible on my way out. I get the Bible when I'm dying, you got a guy reading the Bible when my baby's born, you're trying to read the Bible. Hell, I've been beat up with the Bible so damn much, all I want to know is the all believe it. You've been pushing me down my phone so many years, I forgot to ask you. The other day, they got a certain a court woman driving truck, and the young boy, what's the name, went crazy and blew up the FBI building. What's his name? Mac Bay. A young boy went crazy. You know the funniest thing that bothered me about that thing? For them to ask, is he crazy? After he killed 160 people, someone said, You think he's crazy? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that a bunch of psychiatrists, you know, Sigmund Freud boy, Sigmund Freud, I gathered in a room with degrees. You know what I'm saying? These guys had degrees. They went to school. They had great suits and stuff. You know, they had dead cases and hush puppies on. These niggas gathered in a room and said, You think it's crazy? Hell, a man blew up a building, killed women, children, rats, roaches, fowls, babies, everything. You think he might be crazy? You women. Then they go into the courtroom under the sign in Godly Trust and human beings, people who say they believe in the Bible, were saying, burn him, burn him. Kill the boy, 27 years old. Kill him. I want him dead. One woman had the audacity to admit her cluelessness, how dumb she was. On national television, everybody missed it. You know what she said? She said, I did not believe in the death penalty until he killed my loved ones. Listen to what that meant. I did not believe in the death penalty until he killed my loved ones. So everybody else's children and babies that were killed by serial killers and coups, it was okay. But the moment the angel of death knocked upon your door, you get a whole new policy on vigilantism. They turned the damn country into vigilantism. Say the word for me. Thank you. And everybody said, kill the boy, kill the boy. Nobody said, cure the boy, cure the boy. Because if this boy went off, 
because of what happened at Waco, then some other boy is going to go on. And what they're going to do is they're going to study the mistake he made, do the same thing without the mistake, because hell, the boy was dumb. The boy was dumb. He's a nice kid, but he was dumb. He made a mistake. You don't go up every building and drive a car that breaks down on the highway unless you kind of dumb. <laughs> you can't be that bright. You blow up the FBI doing the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and your car breaks down on the highway. You made more money for the bombs than you did the car to get away from. That's like these hip hop with their shoes untied and their pants down running from the police. How dumb can you be? But because of all of this, because the state, the world is seen, because there's nothing that no one, no one leader, no one church, no one person can stand up and do to stop it. Everybody said, God help us. Allah help us. Yahweh help us. Adonai help us. Somebody help us. And nature steps in to help the problem is, you're looking for nature to be your God. You've been taught through your Bible or your Quran, and that's crap. Nature is stepping in. You know what you find in towns where white folks and black folks hated each other? They got to help each other prepare for the flood coming in. They all passing the sandbags together. When the houses are floating, they're sharing apartments with each other, shelters, sharing food. If I see a, a white baby floating down the street because I'm black and going to go like this, I'd be the devil. I'd become the devil immediately. You follow? Yes. I'm supposed to help. And anybody who don't help another human being, that is the devil. I don't care what color you call. You understand me? Jesus. Because the Bible said, and call him Jesus. Well, when a person gets 
enrolled in the police department. His name, his name may be Bill, but when he comes to your door, you say, the police are here. You don't say Bill is here. Because when he got enrolled in the police department, he became known as a policeman. When Jesus got anointed, he became known as the Messiah. When he set out to save the world, he became known as Jesus. What was his name? They don't know. And it's in the book. What's Christ really crucified that I'm putting out? Three volumes. So you go around and ask them, what was his name? Ask them, what is their religion? They'll say Christianity. There's no such religion as Christianity. Because Jesus didn't speak Latin. He didn't speak Greek. He wouldn't even understand the word Christos. Jesus was the Messiah. You read it right in St. John chapter 1, verse 41. You say you believe in that book. It says right in there, when Simon Andrew first finds his brother, they say we have found the Messiah who's being interpreted to Christ. St. John chapter 1, verse 41. He was the Messiah. So they need to be calling themselves Messiahim, the Messiahs, not Christians. By Jesus said in Matthew 24, many shall come in my name and say they are Christians. Or say they are Christ and are not. And it says, I'm singling out a particular church, which okay. is the Pentecostal. And my question is, in regards to the followers of the Pentecostal faith, where and how did the religion originate it, and uh, do they do they actually experience what they consider the Holy Ghost? Yes, yes, they do uh, experience the Holy Ghost. And Pentecost, the word Pentecost means five. It's a Jewish. You need to look up in any Jewish encyclopedia. You'll see Pentecost, and you see that it pertains to the day of, of Pentecost. Something has something to do with Jews, nothing to do with these churches today. They're in a, in a world of illusion. However, not only do you receive the Holy Ghost in the Church of Pentecost, you can receive the Holy Ghost in the Yoruba Temple in Nigeria. You can receive the Holy Ghost in a, a, temp, a, a, a voodoo temple in Haiti. You understand what that? Yes. You can receive the Holy Ghost right here. You can be possessed at any time. But the Holy Ghost mentioned in St. John chapter 1 as lighting down on Jesus, was to arrive, was supposed to be with him forever. You understand that? Mm -hmm. Which means that you won't jump up and start bouncing around and falling on the ground and spitting, and then when the, when the sermon's <laughs> over, go in your car and drive away. <laughs> if the Holy Ghost hits you, and it, and it hits you in a way where it knocks you down on the floor, and you throw your arms up and start doing all this there, as long as that Holy Ghost is there, you're going to do that. Which means you'll end up in a hospital because they'll continue to try it or something. They'll say there's something wrong. <laughs> they'll also jump and hit you and then walk out of your body. That's not what Jesus said. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what preachers are teaching. Singing, singing preachers who want to sit around in church with tambourines and sing and draw a friend because they're bored to death. Most Christian churches are more of family reunions and chicken parties than they are of truth. Preachers are supposed to be teachers. We will return with the true light after this brief intermission. Would you like to see the man behind the voice you hear teaching the total truth? He is there at the Hall of Knowledge located at 548 Hart Street, Brooklyn, New York. Every Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m., the Nubian Islamic Hebrews would like to invite you to question and answer classes with Saeed Ali Mamiso Hadi Mahdi. Come listen and learn. 
Hear the words of truth for yourself. Hear the answers to long-awaited questions, also for your spiritual growth, an intricate design woven prayer rug designed by the hand of Sayyid Ali Mami Salahadi Mahdi. Also available are prayer beads, incense, and oil. If you would like any further information on these items, contact the original tent of Kidar, 719 Bushwick Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11221. And be sure to ask for a listing of the most dynamic books in history, authored by Sayyid Ali Mami Salahadi Mahdi. We, the Nubian Islamic Hebrews, would like to hear from you. Write us and let us know how the true light has made a difference in your life. Unlike those fake healers and lying preachers, we are not asking you to send us money for prayer cloth and lucky numbers. We are a self-supporting program. We just ask that you show your support by writing as Saeed Eliman Isa al-Hadiyah Mahdi. Let him know how the true light has made a difference in your life. We are asking you don't send your hard-earned money to those lying men who claim to come in the name of Jesus and who really come in the name of themselves. So beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Now let us continue with the true light. Remember, you are the light, and you have the power over all things. Speaking in tongues, it says in the Bible, it should be speaking in tongues and interpretation, translation. You don't translate unless it's from one language to the next. So if someone is laying on the floor, and if nobody can translate what he's saying, he ain't speaking in no tongues. He's speaking. <laughs> if it's not one of the known languages of the world or of heaven, or know what languages of heaven, read your Bible. Paul, who they follow, who was a self-acclaimed apostle, said when he was struck down on the road that Jesus spoke to him and called him Saul. And spoke to him in the Hebrew tongue and said, Saul, it says it in there, in the Hebrew tongue. So the language of speaking in heaven is Hebrew. And when the angel Gabriel came to Rasulullah Muhammad, alayhi salam, he spoke to him and said, Ikra, which is Arabic. Arabic and Hebrew is really the same language, but the language is from heaven is Arabic and Hebrew. So if you're going to be speaking in tongues when you get the Holy Ghost, you'll be speaking in Arabic or Hebrew. You won't be going, jumble, bubble, 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 bubble. And some really preacher is going to pretend he can interpret what you're saying. You're not going to be knocked on the floor and foaming and jumping around acting like some type of animal. That's not in here. It's not in here. Now tell me one place in here where Jesus' disciples around him jumped up and fell on the ground. And if Jesus was the Holy Ghost, when they walked up and that man kissed him in the garden, he should have fell on the ground. Because he would have been filled with the Holy Ghost and he would have put his arms around the Holy Ghost who would have been classified Jesus because they say he was the Holy Ghost. He's a club. <laughs> Places where people come because our people have to be in groups because we're tribal. We don't feel, you can't even go shopping alone enough. When a woman goes shopping, what she say? I'm going to call Gladys for this to go shopping. Y'all going to say, my money, you and Gladys. <laughs> you can't go, but go by yourself. How many times do you go to a movie by yourself? A lot of people don't go to movies by themselves. I got five like, I can't go. I'm going to sleep in a movie by myself. Right? You got to turn on the television and eat dinner. You ever sit in the kitchen with nothing? You wait and go to the living room and turn on the television. You've got, you, you're just a tribal person. You can't take any hit from you. And because the truth wasn't with you, you fabricated synthetic truth. Call it the old witness of Pentecostal. And the white man knew you needed it, so he just catered to you. They should have all in and took your money. He knows what you need. He knows what you need because he studies you. 
Now the truth has come, he's upset. So now you have to turn the world on us and call us popes and crazy and all that. And you was in church, you know what you said? You sung a song. How many of y'all were Christians? Don't be afraid now, but you know all the young Christians. At one time, even if you followed the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, before that, you was in the church sitting up there popping the tambourines. Don't be showing off there now. We know, we know each other now. We get, we're full of, we get the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus was sent to us. We know who we are, correct? All right. How many of y'all remember this song? Give me that old time religion. You do? Let me hear y'all sing it. Now y'all really on the spot. <laughs> let me hear you. Let me hear what it says. Don't be shaking. Come on. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's it's good enough for me. Right. All right, if it was good enough for that's right, and good enough for my father, and good enough for my mother. Then it's good enough for me. If it was good enough for Abraham, it was good enough for Moses, and it's good enough for me. What is the role of the angel of death? The angel of death was referred to as Israel in the scripture, was the angel assigned to shape the flesh of Adam in the garden and put him in the garden. Thus, he was also the angel that had been sent to collect the souls of men on Judgment Day. Now, many people who say they died and reach the other side so they, they meet a being there who has light, who has his hand stretched forth trying to tell them to come to the other side, and most of them turn around and come back here rather than going on. That being that they meet when you leave this plane, the being that meets you on the next plane is the angel of death. He's not ugly and gross and frightening. He's an angel of light who comes to meet you to take you from this state, Nessus, into the state of Malakut, into the angelic state or the next realm to prepare you for your own judging. So he does that with everyone? Every being that has a soul. Because there are races of people on earth who have no soul, merely a spirit. When they die, their in-embodied spirits roam the plane. The plane, in what they call exoplasma or vapor, they become ghosts or whatever you want to call it, they intimidate people. What's the difference between a spirit and a soul? Good question. In the original language, you have the word Russia. Means wind, and that is soul. It has an effect on objects. Wind moves objects. You follow? Mm -hmm. Whereas nef or nefesh in Hebrew, nef in Arabic, means spirit. Now, the spirit is the light from the heaven. It is the skin. The soul is the emotional body, and it's the light from the earth, which you call hala or your aura. You follow that? Every living thing, including rocks, have a spirit. Everything that lives has a spirit. But everything that has emotional changes has a soul. Now there are also those who assimilate emotional changes and they practice it daily in the form of cinema called movies. This is why back in the ancient days when they think about the stages and Shakespeare stages, all that drama did not come out of Africa didn't come out of India, didn't come out of the outer world, it came out of Europe. Playwrights in emulating life, in emulating emotions, which may sound like it's not important, but has developed into movies today of people emulating emotions. You follow? And the reason why there's no real good black actors 
on a scale of white actors is because black people are not good liars. To be a good actor, you have to be a good liar. You follow? Yes. And when you watch the average black actor, you know, you watch Sidney Poitier and you say, he's a good actor. But you really can see through it, you see it as an act. You can watch certain white movies and they convince you to the point where you can become emotionally about it. You can almost cry. Well, they are acting like they have emotions. So no white people have... They have forfeited their soul. Now, this does not include people all the way down to certain Italians, Jews. Certainly, these people are the black seed. They better remember it, though. They don't want to admit that they're black. They have mixed in. They are the part of the Lord's side, some of them. Not all of them. Some of them. And you don't know who they are, and I'm not going to sit out and pick them out. So they'll let us know when they're ready to come home who they are. Who was this avatar by the name of Sri Sai Baba? I think that's what his name was. There's several Sai Babas. There's Shanti Sai Baba, mm -hmm. and there's such a Sai Baba. Shanti Sai Baba was a Muslim and a master in India who was trying to bring them away from the Hindi faith. He said he would incarnate again. And another man who called himself such a Sai Baba professes to be that incarnation. But we have proof that he's not. Because A, he tells them that the man that was before him, Sharti Sai Baba, was indeed a Muslim who lived in a mosque. Correct? And as a Muslim, you're nowhere in the world because you comply with the Hindu faith. Not with its thousands of gods and idols and statues. There's no compromising for that. Any master of the spiritual world knows the invalidity of any statue on earth. Even man, in a physical sense, is almost not important, let alone a statue. So, such a Sai Baba is a self-acclaimed avatar, where Shurti Sai Baba was a real Ilamuta Jessica, is what the real word of it is. Okay? The man that you see in India walking around in an orange jalabia, that's not nobody but an impersonator. And if you read enough history, you'll find there's about 50 of them in India saying the same thing. Saying that they produce Rabuti, as they call it, and saying that they materialize things, there's whole lots of them there. And that's because... The people of the Hindu faith belong to the religion of Satan. They have power to do things. Don't underestimate the power of Satan. Don't think every time somebody levitates or makes something materialize, you got to be righteous, because that's not true. Satan himself was an angel of self and grace. I want to ask you, what is the difference between an extraterrestrial being and a terrestrial being? An extraterrestrial being means a being who has come into this atmosphere and he's extra. He's not one calculated in the book of life according to the earth's sphere called Nasut. If he comes out of Malakut into Nasut, he is an extra being in this terrestrial environment. You understand? Yeah. I remember reading that um, an avatar um, an, an avatar can come in, in Avatars come into session. Like one right. spirit incarnates into a person who then incarnates into another person. Correct. And I was wondering, okay, being that, um, okay, the Holy Ghost, whoever resided in him, must have been there all the time if they enter you from the time of birth. But that is a, and that's pertaining to the angel Gabriel who came to Mary. Right? Uh-huh. Okay, good. But now remember, that Jesus had to be made after the order of Melchizedek. 
You understand that? Uh-huh. That's just much step higher than the angel gave us. Oh. Go ahead. I think I, I think I see where you're trying to go. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. I was, so it said, um, when a person is born, does the avatar incarnate into him as the person grows and matures? One way he becomes Elohim to Jessica. There's different ways. Oh. He can become Elohim to Jessica because the, the spirit enters into the spark. And what I claim that a man before man in Jacob, the spark travels up the spinal cord and you go to the brain and get the charge. Uh-huh. They can do it at that point. They can come into a person when they're dying. At the moment a person gets into a car accident and a car crash, they're about to die, another spirit can take that body and that person will survive and be a different being. Many different ways that spirits get into the body. But it's how it's a certain resistant state that the human body has to be at to make themselves vulnerable to possession. And then when the spirit incarnates into that person, then that person becomes an avatar? It depends. If that avatar is a teacher or just an unembodied spirit. If the spirit becomes into them in some realm where he's a teacher, then that person will go about teaching. If it's just an in-embodied spirit, anything could happen from possession to demonic possession to sicknesses, anything. The world we're talking about is much more sensitive than just the one thing that avatar some angelic being comes down and takes the body and boom, the person becomes a teacher. More so than that. So then what do they mean by avatars come in succession? Who's they? I mean, not they. <laughs> what does it mean when it's... Where because the word avatar is not as important as people like to make it. And the word avatar, or like I said, Ilamutajestida, is no more than the awakening of the supreme being in an individual. He realizes that he is one with the creator at that time. You follow that? Mm-hmm. That's nowhere near as important as Mikhail or Michael or Gabriel incarnating a conscious spirit who have been teaching for centuries, as you know them, mm-hmm. which is a much higher position. Uh, a person can be a man, become an avatar, develop into an angelic being by being scared or tutored by an angelic being. But if he has an avatar in him, if he has a spirit, a divine spirit in him, then it's easier for him to be taught by angelic beings than he would if he didn't have it. He becomes a more accessible medium than if he's just a person who gets premonitions. So Whereas Jesus was a person who didn't get premonitions, the spirit was in him. So to understand divine powers from the Father through him was quite simple. Whereas other people who would get flashes of the divinity, Muhammad person, would receive these spiritual impressions or awakenings. You see? Uh, yeah. Um, I have a small question. Is it possible for more than one avatar to enter into the same being? Yes. When I speak to people over a period of years, as you know, different voices come from me. Sometimes different accents come from me. Because I am a being that has allowed myself to be utilized by being much older. I don't even want to say centuries, that's not enough. So that you can get answers of things that you've never had answered before. Okay? So I'm a being that allows myself to be utilized by other beings. I have the power to control wicked beings so they can't take my body. Other people who become mediums, who allow themselves to be a vessel from which spiritual beings from other realms speak, sometimes make the mistake of opening up and getting possessed, and it makes them kill themselves. Uh-huh. So the answer to your question is yes. Uh, uh, I was reading the book of Job, chapter 38, verse. 32, and I just want to ask, 
this question about diversity. This is where Allah is asking Job, Canst thou bring forth Nazareth in his season, or canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons? I'd like to know if it's possible who they are. Turn to the book of Amos 5.8. All right? Book of Amos 5.8, and you have your answer. I'd like to know also if possible if um, you can tell me who the ancient why is Melchizedek called the ancient of days? Because he has neither beginning of days nor end of days. What I don't understand is if God or Allah when he created um, the world if it was a good before Adam and Eve sin, how did a bad angel come about? In the foundation of creation, what we refer to as good and evil came out of willpower, not out of the act of good and evil, but the right to make this, uh, decisions and self-determination. When the Almighty, supreme, not supreme beings, supreme beings are people. Supreme, when the supreme uh, creator of the universe created a being and gave him willpower, self-determination, that he may be, as the Quran says, Khalifa al-Arq, the, the successor in the earth. Man's self-determination bred evil. The right to say no, the right to make our own decisions. When in the Quran, when it's speaking about Malaik, the angels of Allah Ta'ala, we're speaking about beings that say to Hanukkah, glory be to you, we have no power of our own. We saw that we have no knowledge except what you taught us. Nothing they could do was of their own willpower. But this new being, this new mortal being, man, was going to be endowed with self-determination, willpower, so that he can be a governor, like the scriptures say. Someone who would keep the garden, till this, and do this, and do this, and do this. So he had to have self-determination. He had to be able to make decisions. And in making decisions, one of the decisions he made was to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how he wants to do it. Why in your Bible, uh, Allah Ta'ala had to come back and say, didn't I tell you not to do such and such? We have God-like qualities in us. We have the presence of the Almighty in us. A little different, but on the same track with what the brother was saying when he says, Allah does not come down in a man. I don't think he means it to the fullest. Allah does come down in a man insofar as Allah is inside every man because he said he breathed his spirit into every being and being became living soul. So if the Honorable Elijah Muhammad per se says that Allah came in the person of Master Prophet Muhammad, there's no argument with Allah coming in the person of Master Prophet Muhammad, just like the Christians say that the Holy Ghost in the book of St. John lighted on Jesus and he was filled with the Holy Ghost and it abided with him. That's the same thing as Allah came into the person of Jesus Christ. And, it, and when they say the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, was in a cave and the angel appeared to him in the form of light, and embraced him, and then he had the crime, Alam Nasser, that, uh, uh, that his chest was expanded, and then it says, we gave you light, we gave you this, Muhammad was filled with the Holy Ghost, and so can you be filled with the Holy Ghost. But being filled with the Holy Ghost means to give yourself fully over to the command of the Almighty, which Jesus therefore interprets as people who believed on his name and became known as sons of God. Those are people who no longer live by the flesh, nor by blood, nor by the will of man, but by the will of the Father. They will become known as supreme beings on earth, as opposed to mortal beings. So man's willpower is what great evil. Man's desire to take the fire and not use it to warm himself or to light the candle to educate himself, but to burn something. That's our own decision. The fire is not evil. 
if what we do with the fire determines whether the fire becomes good, or either we can cook food with it, or we can burn our house down with it. Depends on the character. So it's man's mortal instinct and his self-preservation laws that has bred the evil. And so amongst the angelic beings, when they say angelic beings, they're talking about intellect. Okay, so in, in all general, man is just fighting against himself. You man think? is fighting his own, the man of the Trinity. Every man of the Trinity. And this Trinity is composed of three different beings. Can you tell me, um, what do we think? What are you speaking of? The Bible? I'm talking, are you speaking of words of the Bible or are, you, or are you speaking in words of the Quran? There's no difference in the Bible or the Quran. They're all coming from the same Creator, whose, whose religion really is love. I understand okay, that, yeah. and I, I agree with that, but I thought that um, in the Quran it teaches you to uh, uh, to discard the, the uh, Christian belief of Trinity. There is no such thing as Christian, first of all. Let's establish that. There is no such thing as Christian. There are people who are calling themselves something that Jesus never even heard of. There is no such thing as Christian. Really, in the Holy Quran, Muslims have translated the Quran and they've added the word Christian. And that's not even in the Quran. The word in the Quran is nothing. Which is the same word in the Bible for Nazarite. The people that Jesus was talking about in, in the book of St. John, when he said, I came to my own, right? But my own receiveth me not. But as many as do receive me, I give them power to become the sons of God. He's not talking about the whole world. He's talking about the children of Judah who resided in the city of Nazareth, because that's where most of his fathers came from. Most of his fathers came out of Galilee, which is next to Nazareth. You follow that? And that word Nazareth in the Quran is nothing, meaning aided or helpless. But the point is, there is no such thing as Christian. Because you walk up to a Christian and ask a Christian, what is his religion? He can't tell you. If you walk up to a Jew and ask a Jew, what is his religion? He can't tell you what his religion is. Christianity is not a name of religion. Christianity came from the word logos, from the Greek word, where it got Christos, meaning spirit. And they took and said the spirit and put the, the spirit on it and became known as Christianity. If you turn Christianity backwards, you'll see the word is really antichrist. Christianity. So this is something fabricated by people that oppose the teachings of Jesus, the Messiah, which they say in the Bible in 40, that Simon found Jesus, him and his brother found Jesus, who was identified as a Messiah and called him the Messiah. If all these are things that are taking place where they started transforming a teaching that Jesus had, which was the teachings of Israel, which if you walk up to a Jew and you ask them the same question, what is their religion? They can't tell you. What is the, what is the name? They say Judaism. Judaism is not a name of religion. What was their religion? Their religion was Islam. How do you know? Because Jesus said, right? Blessed are the peacemakers. But they shall be called the children of God, right in the Bible, right? And also, he said, as many as believe on my name, they shall be called the children of God. So therefore, those people that believe on his name who are called the children of God are also called the peacemakers. If you say peace in Arabic, you get the word Islam. If you say peace in Hebrew, you get the word shalom. Shalom and, and salam is the same word. So when Jesus said, bless are the peacemakers, they shall be called the children of God. Jesus was saying, in his language, bless are the Muslims. The word Muslim from Islam meant one who is of salam. The state that every prophet came to teach people they should be in. A state of peace and love and harmony. So Jesus was indeed a Muslim by religion. If you ask a Christian, what is their religion? They say, our religion is Jesus. Our religion is Christianity, Christism. You ask a Jew, what is your religion? Our religion is Judaism. Ask a Muslim, what is his religion? And he says, Islam, and I acknowledge Jesus, Moses, Muhammad, and Abraham, the father of us all.
خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم صدق الله العظيم Those are verses 1 through 5 of Salatul Allah from the Holy Quran chapter, Separation of Self. Now the 96th, originally the first chapter, revealed from the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Translation by As-Sayyid al-Mahisal al-Hadimah. And it reads as follows. Begin all things with the illustrious names of Allah, the yield of the most merciful. Most still are the prophets of Allah, Muhammad, by the supreme sovereignty of your sustainer and creator. You are being ordered to read by beginning with the name of your illustrious sustainer who created all things. He, Allah, created all human beings of a separating self. So read because your sustainer, Allah, is most generous. He uses the quill to teach. He, Allah, taught human beings what they would have never known. You have been listening to The True Life with As-Sayyid al-Imam Esau Hadir Mahdi. The Nubian Islamic Hebrew Mission would like you to write or send questions to True Life, 719 Bushwick Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 
Why couldn't have made Herod disappear and his father and his father's father and his father's 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 father made Herod something that did not? Why was Herod born? Why was he bad? Why was he a ruler at that time? Why was he Why does God have to worry about what a man could do to his son? Now, I, as a God, have to worry about what a man can do to my son. Because I'm not professing to be no omnipresent spirit flying over everything. And in everybody's kitchen, in everybody's bathroom, in everybody's bedroom. Telling people what they should and should not do while I don't do shit for people. That kind of God has got to go. And I'm going to talk to you about that kind of God, and I want you to put these shit. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.